Welcome, Welcome everyone, everyone to the 89th episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. My name is Ryan Eliopoulos. I pretended that Brandon was going to intro and I did it right as he was doing it. That's Brandon T. McClure. There's also Sparkplug Wikiwitty on the phone. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Hey, man. Hey, man. And there's also uh, Ben Maddock next to me. What's up, dog? <laughs> that was a good one, dude. <laughs> you sly dog. I'm a sly dog. I, you I, I wish I could have seen Brandon's face <laughs> for that one. Jigs, you owe me a Coke. Hey, guys, welcome to the 89th episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast. Well done, sir. Thank you. Hey, guys, how was your week? How was your week this week? It was okay. It was, it was okay. Right. Yeah? Yeah, I saw my customary three movies. I only got one. One in. I got Guys, I got I to gush a little bit more about this. Go see Sherlock. No, I'm, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, I did go see that. No, but Death of Stalin. Man. What is that? So it's a movie... Um, I don't. I'm sorry. I don't know the director's name. I'm not familiar with his work either. Is it an American movie? No. Okay. I mean, well, no. Okay. <laughs> um, but a star. But so it stars um, uh, Steve Buscemi, um, Michael Palin, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Monty Python, my favorite Python. Um, speaking of Pythons, um, uh, the whole catalog is coming to Netflix. Oh, that. Yeah. But also Terry Gilliam finally put out his Don new Quixote. movie, Don yeah, Quixote. Finally. Um, no, but uh, so, so Steve Buscemi. What's the guy from Arrested Development and Hellboy? I know who you're talking Arrested about, Devel- but I can't. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's about the days after Stalin's death. Okay. And it's played as political satire and very comedic. It's a very funny movie. Interesting. Okay. And it's everyone is, is using their natural accent, so nobody's putting on a fake Russian accent. Every, if you're British, you're talking with a British yeah. accent. If you're American, you're talking with an American accent. But they're all Russians, and they're all in Stalin's court. And it's really funny. It's a great movie. I'm into movie. that. I'll see that movie. Yeah, it was it was excellent. One of the best movies I've seen so far. Yeah, this year. So it's a, it's been a pretty good year so far. Yeah. yeah. I saw Blockers, which is a which is a raunchy uh, sex team comedy. I didn't see a trailer for it. I went to go see A Quiet Place. I went to the wrong showing by accident. Uh, so I was like, hey, I'll see this John Cena movie. Uh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's like really good. I describe it as like a as like a female American Pie, but like the parents are way more involved. Um, it's got a lot of heart. It's really raunchy. Uh, and it deals with sex and and like being gay in like a really positive, interesting way. That's very that's very um, like millennial versus adults, but like merging them together. So like how we understand each other as parents and kids. And I was really taken aback by how powerful the, the movie was for being about like blocking your your kids from having sex at prom. Is it is it better than Game Night? I didn't see Game Night, and I Go really see Game Night. I don't think it's in theaters anymore. I also it I is. Wor- oh, I'm gonna go see it then. Yeah, that's it. You what I saw? What would you see? I saw a Quiet Place. <gasps> Ooh, spoilers! Is it loud? No, did you have a did you have a theater that was really loud because it was quiet? Well, there was a guy talking behind me, and oh. there okay, there was this one part. Um, Sparks, you saw a quiet place, right? I did. Okay, well, you know that one the the first death in the movie. People die yes. in the movie. Yeah, there was a dude who sitting behind <laughs> me where he's like, "Man, he's gonna be the first to die." He was. I was about to say, I was like, you know, what? So okay. I want to I want to bounce off that real quick because I I want to I want to have a. What is that noise? Is that a puppy? Is that him laughing? There's, a puppy? there's a there's a dog next. Oh, to okay. happy. No, I allow it. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, are you laughing, Sparks? What's <laughs> going a, on? That's an interesting laugh. No. So, I, another PSA. You know, like my my turn your phones off PSA. Hey man, if you're still in a movie theater, maybe wait till that you're out of the movie theater before you spoil the movie. Or just be quiet. Oh yeah. So I, okay, so I went to see Death of Solomon, like I said, and I saw a trailer for a movie with Dolores Umbridge and, and uh, Peter Pettigrew. Yeah. Uh, that looked really cute that I wanted to go see. So we went to see it at the Landmark Theater, which is in Beverly Hills. Um, That's where I want to be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <you can. laughs> it's a Weezer song. I know. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it was really great. I love Timothy, Timothy Sprawl. I don't see him in a lot of stuff, but I really like him when I do. And he's lost a lot of weight. Um, and I've never seen Dolores Umbridge in another film since Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, you have. Maleficent. 
I don't. I do not remember her in Maleficent. She was in Maleficent. She was, Maleficent. She was um, Flora. She was one of the gods. She was the she fairies. Was the yeah. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. That's she's right. like the main one, isn't? Yeah. She's Flora. Right. You're yeah. Right. You're right. You're right. Oh, and really she's also she's the voice in pa- she's the voice of Aunt Lucy and Paddington. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I'm watching this movie. So we're getting ready to go see this movie. Um, I'm, I, I go to the bathroom before the movie and this dude just goes, blah, 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 John Krasinski, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you mother did you just spoil a quiet And that's our one. Okay. John Krasinski's an alien. It turns out what gets so crazy. I was, uh, no, I was, was on it the whole time. I was so pissed. Yeah. Cause I'm, I really want to see a quiet place uh-huh. and this kid just spoiled it for me. Yeah. Well, also I have another PSA. What's up? Shut the F up when you're in the movie theater, yeah. especially for a quiet place. Cause we can actually hear the commotion going on outside through our closed door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how quiet no pun intended, this movie is. Yeah. But it's a really good movie, but there was this dude saying like like diagonally from me, and I could hear almost every effing word he was saying, and I I mean, he'd be quiet for a good chunk, then he would have a comment, then he'd be quiet, then he'd have a comment. I mean, my girlfriend yeah. would have a few comments to me, which I will allow those. Here's the thing. But at the same you time, whisper. Quiet, yeah. you whisper. I mean, he was whispering, but he was like loud whisper. And I was Light like, up sneakers, dog. Ugh. Ben. Yeah? Did you have anybody get up and leave? No. See, that was what was so weird. So the majority of our showing of the of A Quiet Place, most of them still stayed, but like more than once throughout the movie, a group of people got up and left and didn't come didn't come back. Too like sp- they were not too into the movie. I uh, no, they like they just were I don't know, I guess disinterested. Are they people I think on people are uncomfortable by silence and it's basically a silent movie. I haven't seen yeah. it, but it's basically a silent it's, movie, right? It is not basically a silent movie. Like no? I wouldn't go that no. far, but okay. I mean like it's it was just it was very unusual to have that reaction and I was I was surprised. I'm glad that it's being received so well because when we saw it we saw it on Friday and when we saw it I was nervous that it wasn't being that like I'd stepped into some parallel world where I saw a really good movie but most other people saw a bad <laughs> movie because the people behind us said that they like wish they hadn't spent money on it and something and I'm like what is everyone talking about that was great. Yeah. Um, when I saw it, I saw it yesterday, and my theater was completely full. Nice. Yeah, it was a lot of people were really, really into it, and there, there are a few kids there. And you guys know how much I hate scary movies. Yeah, this movie. You love it. F that movie. You like anything that Stephen King? Comes I, out. I will. <laughs> I will punch you both. But this movie, it was just so well done. I'm like, you know what? This is a scary movie that is really, really good, and I would actually like to own this on uh, Blu-ray. So uh, because it's, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even entirely classify it as much as horror as it is very, very heavy suspense thriller. I would say yeah, suspense thriller because there are some scary parts and there are some scary parts like the there's this, it's not a spoiler but there's this one scene where one of the monsters like squishes a raccoon and that actually got me. It was a very, I didn't know that raccoon was in the movie, so you spoiled I also it. Didn't oh my really god. Know. No, I'm not gonna go there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it was a good jump scare. But most of the movie is suspense of how quiet you can be and how silent everything is, and it's. It is a little unsettling, but at the same time, it's let's st- it's it's a very well done concept concept and a very well done original idea, and it worked. I I just listened yeah. to a podcast with John Kaczynski, and you know what the number one question is about the con- the, the world and the rules? What about farts? <laughs> uh, you know what? There were a few times where I was wondering if they were gonna throw a fart joke in there, and they never did. And I'm uh, actually uh, I applaud them. Can you imagine just exactly? I did a that most- was. That was one of the first things we we talked about when we came out of it. We yep. were like, you know, if you're a sleep farter, you're dead. <laughs> dude, that's me, dude. I, I rip them. Oh, well, man. also, I I snore, so I Can would. You be, just imagine I'm, you guys are we're all just having dinner, just like, yeah. And the next thing you know, like all the muscles go. But also, another little funny thing happened to me. All silent. 
No, so you guys, uh, on Twitter, I'm not very active on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. So I just tweeted out that I was looking for trying to find a D&D group, and that instantly became like my most liked and retweeted tweet that I've ever made. I mean, still small numbers, but at the same time- What was it, like two? Hey, man. Two's more than four. zero. Four. Oh, four! Yeah, I know. Four hey, people. I, yeah, like, man. six people liked my tweet, four people retweeted it, and two people actually responded it's, with it's websites just, for D&D groups. That, that isn't a lot, but for, for, yeah, for someone who doesn't use Twitter, to have, like, immediately, like, hey, there are people, like, actively looking for, for D&D groups or for yeah. comic groups or stuff like that. Like, that it's cool to see that the community is there. Like, I'd be lucky if, like, one or two people would like just a random tweet I would put out, but, yeah. all, but now I'm looking at this going, oh, damn. A lot of tweeters out there. Yeah. Shall we get started, or anyone else have more to say? Well, what about Sparks? Um, How was his week? Yeah. So I'm asking. Anyone else want to say? Uh, <laughs> I, my week has been um, quiet and lonely. It was a quiet place uh, and a lonely place. Uh, Damn, yeah, I was gonna say that. A sequel with with a combination of a a surgery on my leg, which has confined me to a room, and then the loss of my internet for a few days. <laughs> I, I have. Uh, I have Melody. not. I have not had the best situation. Fortunately, I had a lot of comics in actual I was paper form that I could read. So. Just about to ask, can you tell me what have you what, have you read a lot, or can you tell me what you have read? Yeah, I've been uh, well. I've been catching up on pretty much all of DC continuity that I fell behind on. I'm not done catching up, but I've been catching up on all of that things that I just hadn't. So uh, I'm getting closer to to just being pretty well read on everything. This this is like. Aquaman. I've I've been catching up on Aquaman. I've been catching up on Green Lanterns because I actually really like Green Lanterns, and I for I never followed through on the Phantom Lantern arc. I don't yeah. know if anyone else was reading that, but I was no. I was no. kind of into it. Oh, it's actually I'm I'm pretty into it. Um, I, I like the team writing Simon and Jessica at least early on in the Rebirth stuff. So. I've heard really good things. I just I haven't taken the plunge, but now that you you said it's good, like I might do that. I think I'm so far yeah. behind. I might just wait for the next writer. Damn. Damn. And that's like, I, and I'm st- that's like 30, 40 issues you're going to miss. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. When, when I'm done reading all of it, I will talk to you guys about like which ones are well worth reading this whole run since Rebirth started. Because a lot of them, I think, have been strong all the way through. And then there's a couple where I feel like they were strong out of the gate and then faltered. Okay. I heard like Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, was one of the ones that people were like, oh, this is really good. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay, it's not so much anymore. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, it- yeah. I was about to say, you know what is really good? No. That you loaned me, Brandon. Oh, Thanos. You finally yeah. read Thanos. Oh, my God. That was a Thanos. The yeah, Thanos baby. wins arc. That was just a, that's amazing. It's not done yet, but I'm caught up. Oh. It's oh. so good. It's so crazy because uh, I think I'm the only person who's been reading Thanos since it, since it started. And it was with Jeff Lemire. And uh, not, to, uh, not that Jeff Lemire's run was bad. It's really good. It's just, it's so much more of a classic like 80s Marvel, like Jim Starlin book. This book's just batshit crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just doing whatever it wants. And as Cosmic Ghost Rider and, like, like, Silver Surfer with Thor's hammer, it just has literally the most nonsense. Like, what's the coolest fan fiction we can do? And I'm like, like, it's so fun. You know, yeah, there's like, a scene. Like, uh, what was it, Galactus and, and, Galactus and his Harold <laughs> Ghost Rider, like, protecting the cosmos? Like, what Galactus walk, just running towards Thanos with a big-ass machine gun, and he just gets his head lobbed off. Oh, um, once there was one scene that actually kind of made me a little uncomfortable, though. Ooh. When Thanos ripped Iron Man in half. Oh, oh that's so cool! Yeah, man. That's... It, don't get me wrong; it was bad. It just yeah. shows Thanos in his most badass. It, it's great to see, like, because there's a bit where it's like, "How did Thanos win?" 
and it, it shows yeah. his like final fight with the with the Avengers, all and of our heroes, that's and he's just laying yeah. waste. That's to not them. something you you see often. So it's nice having like these like Elseworlds stories, basically like these what ifs, where like you can see all your heroes get murdered. Like you're never gonna see that happen to Robert Downey Jr. get right. ripped in half, like super gory. Yeah. yeah, that's great. It's great. No, I just love how there's like a scene of a. Uh, um, Odin and Thor, and like the very, very first um, page of Thanos wins, where they're like, like Black Bolt and uh, with the Inhumans, they're like, how everyone knows how the world's gonna be, it's untimely. And the next page is like the title, but of course, it's like the continuation of just Thanos wins. That's how we're I all gonna die. I forgot that even in the be- in, even in the beginning, Silver Surfer's been teased because you see Silver Surfer in the beginning of the book. Yeah, yeah. he's the last living being on the face of the, on the face of the universe. How effed up is that? <laughs> pretty good and like it's so cool because like there's a bit where like galactus shows up uh on earth after thanos has just wasted the earth and he's just like richards richards i need your help he's and, bleeding like, from and his ghost stomach Rider, ghost riders there's like so everyone's dead um are you real <laughs> yeah like I, i've been here for like a million years like by myself so i'm not sure if you're a hologram or not yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm insane that was you know. <laughs> just this thanos wins is amazing i cannot wait to see infinity war wow i wonder if we'll ever talk about him again foreshadowing for later events today i, I, I would actually like to do a, a whole like, episode on just thanos win arcs oh uh, yeah but anyway let's move into our uh bread and butter shall we? yeah let's do that <coughs> more like wings and ranch we did have wings and ranch we today. did we well did. i didn't have ranch but i had wings no i, had, I didn't even I have had wings your, i had your ranch i didn't even have wings. i had your ranch you had and tender. i had my I had own chicken wings. tenders i had my own wings and ranch mm. we didn't even have, we didn't have taco bell today that's okay it's okay i talked about yesterday well guys you guys ever hear of a comic called why the last man yeah i heard about it never read it why don't you tell me more? Well, Why the Last Man uh, has been trying to get a TV show off the ground for Ever. years now. Um, and it's a comic written by, by Brian K. Vaughn about the two last males, mammals on the face of the planet. Uh, a monkey and a man, right? Yeah. Um, FX has ordered a pilot for Why. It's just called Why. With the letter Y, not yeah. no W-H-Y. Why, 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 why? Um, and it's going to be produced by M- oh Melina Matsakis. Cool. Matsakis. You got it. Master from Master of None. Nina Jacobson. Brad Simpson from American Crime Story. Brian K. Vaughn, Marvel's Runaways, or also Why the Last Man. Yeah. Um, Michael Green, who was a producer on Blade Runner 2049 and Logan. And Ada Mashaka Kroll, who was a producer on Luke Cage. All oh, those are all good shows. Uh uh, Green and Kroll will serve as showrunners. Okay. And Matsaukas, sure, will you direct the pilot. Cool, man. And that's all we know. We don't know what... I mean, obviously, we know what the comic is about, but we don't know what the show is going to do. And it's just a pilot order at this time, not a series order. So. How do you feel about dystopian futures, Brandon? I'm a little tired of them in comics, I'll be honest. How do you feel about cool dudes and monkeys? Now, I've wanted to read Why the Last Man for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so I... I would like to read the comic before the show comes out, but I'm hey, you know what? It's your favorite thing, man. It's just like Saga. It's a just it's a one continuous arc. Just ends like it's got like fifty issues, and like that's it. That's nice. I think it's fifty. Man, issues. Man, so- I, I caught up in Saga this week. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, I caught up a lot of comics also. Like Word. Sparks. Uh, you've heard of Why the Last Man? Yes, I have. I went full Shatner for a second. I'm you sorry. did. You did. And also, oh. you're po- no, he's pointing to me, Ben Magnet. I, I real quick, I watched the new the first episode of Legion. Legion <gasps> came back, guys. Legion did come back. You guys aren't ready. Yeah. You guys aren't freaking ready, dude. I haven't watched it yet. It's Sorry. it just it's just like, hey guys, you know how weird we were? It's weirder. Does it turn up to eleven? Turns up to freaking twelve. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think Legion is paving the way because this is also FX, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I think it's paving the way yes, for, this is for a show like that. Yeah. Probably. 
Um, yeah. yeah, but this is this is exciting. We'd love to see more comic more Brian shows. More Brian Kavon. More so Brian Kavon. Yeah, this will be his second show because he did he was a producer on Runaways. Yep. Um, and he doesn't want Saga to be turned into a show or a movie. No. So I'm okay with that, actually. Yeah, me too. It can't work as, as anything. Let it finish action. and die first and then come back later. As a phoenix in yeah. the ashes. Yeah. But as I have heard of Why the Last Man, it's it was a Vertigo imprint, right? Yes, it's Vertigo, I believe. Yeah, a lot of um, like the DC Comics Essentials, they always put Why the Last Man as one of the most essential comic books or graphic novels you need in your library. So, Sparks, have you read Why the Last Man? I read the first uh, volume a long time ago, and I meant to continue, and it's just one of those things that I didn't get around to doing. Same. I feel. But, I, but I liked it. Cool. I want to. <clears throat> uh, well, all, uh, speaking of comics most of us haven't read, uh, The Boys. Hey, this is my, uh, this is my category. Are the, boy, the boys are back in town? The boys That's actually, yes, yes. are coming to the yard for the milkshakes. Oh, oh. I hear that they're better than yours. <gasps> my milkshakes. <laughs> my milkshakes. <laughs> Shit, my milkshakes. That's great. Um, <laughs> they're in the yard. Who are the boys? My milkshakes. My milkshakes. Uh, so Carl Urban has been cast as Billy Butcher. Jesus, this is such a good cast. And the boys, a character described as mysterious, brutal, and with a personal but a secret agenda. Billy Butcher approaches Huey, uh, played by Jack Quaid, uh, claiming to be a shadowy government operative. Butcher cap- capitalizes, yep, on Huey's rage over his girlfriend. Robin's accidental death at the hands of a uh, of a superhero A train played by Jesse T. Usher, and unless Huey as part of his plan to bring down the superhero franchise. Hey, Brandon. Yes. Quick little side note: when you said secret butt, I thought you meant like his butt was secret. <laughs> That's a secret superpower. <laughs> That's a uh, personal. It was personal. <laughs> But secret, and he said personal butt, and I was like, it's personal butt. I was thinking that. As opposed to his public butt. <laughs> we all have a secret butt, guys. We all have, we all have secret personal, identity? personal secret butts. And he joins the cast, uh, which rounded out by Aaron Moriarty. Really? Yeah. Sure. It's, it's, a, it's a real last name. I know Moriarty's. As Annie January slash Starlight. Starlight. Uh, Anthony Starr uh, uh, as the Homelander. He's an evil guy. Dominique Mc. Just do it. You're the best at this. <laughs> the worst at this. <laughs> McElligot. McGonagall. As Queen Maeve. Maeve. Yep. Jesse T. Usher as A-Train, which we said. Uh, Chase Crawford as The Deep. Yeah. Nathan Mitchell as Black Noir. Hell yeah, that's a good name. Laz Alonzo as Mother's Milk. Jack Quaid as Huey. And Karen Fukuhara as Female. Yes. Hey, remember what I told you about uh, the character Mother's Milk? Yes, yeah, you did. That's messed can, up. Can you repeat what it is? So... According to Ryan, the character of Mother's Milk in The Boys is a character who gets his superpowers from drinking his mother's breast milk. Because his mother has superpowered, uh, she's like superpowered or whatever, but like she doesn't do anything. So like she gives it out to him like in doses. That's gross. Yeah. This book is, is it's filthy. It's a filthy book. And it's about superheroes who are like rapists and murderers and they get away with it because they're superpowered. Yes. It's like things like, it's like anti-Civil War. It's like everything that we fear Captain America can do. Um, and they've basically taken over the world because, like, they're, they're held hostage, but everyone loves them because they're superheroes. So the CIA creates this group of, like, anti-superheroes filled with just the most – they're the suicide squad of this universe, but they're actually cool characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, funny enough, one of the actresses who plays Katana in your favorite movie, Suicide Squad. Which I had not seen. I showed him the one scene where she's introduced. The small clip. That one-minute clip was enough. That was gross. Yeah. Hey, does Katana have Rick Flagg's back? Yes. Yeah, see? <laughs> I don't know if you know anything about a sword. And she plays just the character called female. Called the female. She doesn't speak. Uh, she just rips the dudes apart. Um, since this is on Amazon, I'm really excited, which means they don't care about like ratings. They can just go hard art, which it should be. Um, 
this is a really risque comic, so I'm really curious to see how rated R they're going to make it. It's brutal. And when you said Mother's Milk, the first thing that went to my mind was the Red Hot Chili Peppers album, Mother's Milk. Yeah, there you go. There's no... There's no not uh, that. Anthony's not going to make an appearance in this. Yeah, I story. definitely want to check this one out. Sparks, what do you got? What do you think? You want to check this one out? What do you got? Tell me about Mother's Milk. Yeah, uh, I, I want to read the comic more than I, like, ooh, got to see it, but yeah. I'll make it a book club. And I love make it. And I love Carl Urban, so I'll see. I'll see. I I I jokingly said uh, Russell Crowe from like er, like early two thousands, like uh, like Gladiator Russell Crowe, perfect casting for this character. Uh, Hey, we got puppies too. Now that I've locked the dogs in the kitchen, we can go. (laughs) No, he put them outside. I saw. I didn't even do that. I just they just shut up. Um, well, fi- finally, on this little bit of news, uh, Spider-Man, the video game of uh, Insomniac is coming out <sighs> with, has finally got a release date of September seventh, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, so far, same month so far. as the new Spyro game. I'm so excited! Oh, oh yeah, the remaster. I, w- yeah. I was going to bring that up. I was like, hey, some video game news, Brandon. will actually be excited about. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. <laughs> to put that in there, but I was like, oh, September. Oh, Spyro! <laughs> yeah, man, they're coming back. They they crash. Now they're doing Spyro. I I used to love Spyro as a kid. Same. I'm so excited for that. Yeah, anyway, this Spider-Man game looks awesome. I'm, I'm Dude, stoked. it looks fracking incredible. Frack, I, the best Frackling. Spider-Man game everyone knows is Spider-Man Two. That game Spider-Man had the, the best had the best swinging mechanics of all time. It did. Yep. This I game is pro- it looks like it could uh, beat it. I still I think you've brought this up before. I still argue that I think Ultimate Spider-Man was better. I think okay. I, I think know, am I the only one? It who... took the same mechanics, but it looked cooler and it used the comic stories. You're right. Am I the only one who's going right. to champion the original Spider-Man game from the PlayStation One? No, it's good. Yes, it's that's just, a bad game. It's 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 fine for its time. We're not we're not talking about other good games. Yeah, we're talking about true. the best Spider-Man games. The best. Yeah. No, I I you know what I think Ultimate Spider-Man is is forgotten, and I'm not sure why because it is it is a really cool solid game. That came out on the GameCube, I mean, didn't it? It's it's one of the I reasons why. Too. So excited for the uh, Sony Spider-Man film is because it looks a lot like that video game. Yeah, man, yeah. I love that animation for that for that yeah, uh, movie. Yeah, I do too. Oh, for a spy- uh, that is yeah. a thing that Sony can do, you know, animation Venom. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw the Venom trailer uh, in the theater for the first time, and people did not know what it was until even with the V. And then it said Venom the movie. I'm like, oh, they're making a Venom movie. See, <laughs> see. There's no indication that's, that that's what a- I was. Talking about yeah. what? People are like, "What's this V for Vendetta?" Yeah. Every time I see that, that movie, stu- that movie's gonna bomb. Every time I see that stupid trailer, I'm like, "God, why?" Yeah. But anyways, Spider-Man video game looks really awesome, and Brandon, I'm so happy that you're happy for Spyro. Yeah, let's Spyro. Yeah, I'm, yeah. st- I'm stoked. Is anyone game. else seeing the trend of old classic games being remade in HD? No, that's that's literally been the past hey, five five years. Is <laughs> Conquer next? No, no. Um, Conquer. Sad. They already did that. It's rare. It's the rare play. Yep. I was gonna say they sad. did it. Yeah. Well, also, also they, they yeah. did it on the Xbox 360, and it bombed horribly. Xbox, Xbox proper actually. Oh, oh that's right. Conquer Live and Reloaded. Yeah, I love that game. Yeah, I love that game. It had too. a cool uh, beach Normandy scene. Yeah, a really cool like Terminator slash Normandy yeah. thing. Yeah, it was really cool. That was only for the multiplayer, right? Well, the the single player had like the opening of like Saving Private Ryan, but uh, uh-huh. there was the multiplayer version where you can play both sides. Okay. Yeah, and it was heavily inspired by Terminator. Yeah, that <laughs> oh. was stupid. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, so speaking of we like him a lot, sure. Guillermo del Toro oh, Guillermo. Oh, yeah. has signed with a sinking company. Oh, no. Um, what else is new? No, I'm kidding. The Titanic? Um, yeah, sure. Why not? No. Wait, didn't 20th Century Fox put out the Titanic? No. no. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it is a sinking. Oh, no. Damn. I like how you and I both are like, <laughs> let me think about it. <laughs> Well, anyway, Guillermo del Toro has signed with Fox Searchlight to start up a new label. The, it is not yet named, though. 
Uh, so we don't know what it's going to be called. So it's not going to be called Guillermo del Toro's Fantastic Movies. Why should it be called like something like Lovecraft and like at the mouth of Madness Productions? <laughs> oh, just to like yeah. stick it to like Universal. Yeah, dude. Uh, but anyway, so it's going to uh, serve as kind of his home for producing projects uh, with horror, sci-fi, fantasy, and he's going to champion new creative voices to kind of. He's, so he'll act as producer for a lot of things, and he'll probably direct a couple as well. Um, but mostly. There's already one coming out. Yeah. There's already one coming out, and it's called Ant- Antlers. Yeah, yeah. And it will follow the story of an elementary school teacher taking in a troubled student with a mysterious family secret that has deadly consequences. It's actually based on a short story called The Quiet Boy by Nick Antosca. Hmm. Antosca. I don't care. It's got antlers. Uh, the movie's going to be directed by Scott Cooper and written by Nick Antosca mm-hmm. and Henry uh, Chasen. Uh, David Goyer and J. Miles Dale and Del Toro will produce. Uh, with Kevin Turin as sounds like person. a uh, Del Toro thing. Yeah, absolutely, does. little boy growing antlers. Yeah. Sounds like like he's doing basically what he did with like The Orphan, which yeah. was a Del Toro produced film yeah. but not a directed film. But this time, curating kind of new voices and creating a new imprint for them to uh, exist in Fox Searchlight. My question to you guys is uh, two questions actually. Uh-huh. One, is there some insider knowledge that we're not seeing that perhaps Fox proper is is pretty much like maybe this they're like. Go on, on, on the assumption that 80% this deal won't happen. Um, I I already told you my opinion on it uh, off the air, but my opinion is that um, I think it's going to be business as usual, and, and, and it's going to be because like I've, I've personally thought that Disney, when they acquire things, they, they take care of it. They don't just sweep it on the rug. So it's going to be a smooth transition, and then Disney's going to own Guillermo del Toro. You know what I mean? Kind of like they own the Marvel stuff. Sure. And then they'll give him creative freedom. And then once he has that freedom, he gives them great products. That's what Disney does. They give you money for better stuff. Maybe. We and he find- might finally make the Haunted Mansion. And that's movie. what I was just about to say. Yeah. Great minds right. think alike. I want that Haunted Mansion movie part so of, bad. I mean, but going back to the deal, Fox Searchlight isn't going, uh, is like being absolved into Disney, not being like moved like Marvel was. Well, we don't, we don't know all that stuff. Like yeah. we don't know how that transaction is going to happen. And that's why this is, it is weird because like we don't know the future, but like, especially because Fox is putting out, and it's not that Fox is doing business as normal. It's that their, their output is far greater. It's than like it they're putting been. out more now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's, it is weird, but like, uh, we're going to find out in a year what all this means. Yeah, I, guess. I'm, I mean, I don't think this deal is happening. No. If I'm honest. I'm, yeah. I have to say, I'm just glad that Guillermo del Toro ha- now has a platform where he could just do what he wants. Yeah, he wanted it for years. Yeah. So regardless if that deal happens, I think he's going to have a place. Which sure. I, think, I, think I, think, so. I think a deal is happening. It just might not be the big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, getting, we're getting our Marvel stuff. If, if for, any, for, for real. If, that's yeah, what we're going if, for. If, if Fox is going to get rid of if the FCC allows Fox to get rid of anything, it's just going to be the Marvel stuff. Kevin Feige doesn't care about aliens. He cares about I think it's he, FTC. Federal huh? Trade Commission. Ooh. I thought it was the FCC. FTC. Or FTC. F- FCC oh, well, well. is the ones that... Federal well, like Communications Commission, yeah. They control pretty much everything that has to be... Um, yeah, but they don't control trade. That's true. what the Federal Trade Commission does. The government. Let's just say the government. I zoned out. What happened? It's the FTC. <laughs> no, I know. Anyway... Uh, but yeah, that's cool. He's wanted this. He's wanted something like this for a long time. He thought he found it with Legendary, but Legendary has had a let's call it an identity crisis as of late. Yeah. Um, they really screwed the pooch with Jurassic World, and Universal wanted them out of there. So was Legendary um, Hellboy? No, Legendary was not a company before Hellboy. Uh, during Hellboy, who is Hellboy? Uh, Universal. Oh, okay. Universal put out the two Hellboy. Films. And then Legendary is Pacific. Legendary was Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. They did. Um, they did. Who made Pacific Rim? 
Warner Brothers. Oh, okay. The first Warner, the first Pacific Rim was Legendary Warner Brothers co-production. Oh, co-co production. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Because gotcha. Legendary got their start with The Dark Knight. I thought oh, it was three hundred. Oh, it might have been three hundred. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's a lot of that's a lot of producers. <laughs> right. But it's anyway, nonsense. so Pacific Rim was a, was a Warner Brothers, but Godzilla, and Kong. The reason why Kong is with Warner Brothers is because at the time Warner Brothers was selling Legendary to Universal Studios. Okay. The Universal Studios was working on Jurassic World as well, and Legendary entered into a co-production with that. But Legendary took way too much credit for Jurassic World, so the producers over at Universal Studios were like, uh, "Screw these guys, yeah. get them out of there." That makes sense. And so they sold them to a Chinese company, which is where they belong now. Uh, okay. Yeah. Man, movies are <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah, making, Legendary making movies suck. Legendary really screwed the pooch lately yeah they uh shot themselves in the foot yeah yeah well you look like you want to say something sparks Mm-mm. no oh. i have nothing to add to this you just got sour face oh. <laughs> you just, just ate some sour mm, lemons no i just you know it's uh it, it's too hard to know what's going to happen at this point sure like it's just it's there's too much um i feel like there's been too much misinformation around what people really want out of this. So I don't think, I don't think like it's always been kind of weird how Fox has been going about this. So I, I don't think all the cards are available to the public eye to, to really judge anyway. I agree. Bottom, bottom line, getting back to what we started on, I, I think that regardless of what happens with Fox, I think this is only a positive for Guillermo because it means he, people are giving him control of things that he should have control of anyway. Um, so I'm all for it, and I don't think that'll dissolve entirely, regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. Sure. Antlers coming out whenever. Um. Well, moving on to some comics news. Oh, some who reads comics? All of us. Oh yeah, you're right. I forgot. Except for this guy over here. Hey. Ben was up till six in the morning reading about Jesus. Damn right I was. Not right. a comic book. That was the Bible. He, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Welcome to the Bible. Podcast. The Bible. The comic book. <laughs> yeah. You know there actually is one. Oh, I'm not there, surprised. There's, honest to God, a graphic novel That's version of the Bible. That's a huge graphic novel. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pretty 12, sure. 12,000 pages. I'm pretty sure they took some liberties with it. Six yeah. issue miniseries, just the Bible. Just important stuff. No, there's a Bible version. There's a Lego Bible. Oh. Yeah, it's that. The Did new... you guys ever see the Wonder Bible commercial? Yes. That's I saw it at great. a bar. That's an, pretty great. Oh, what? The Wonder <sighs> Bible. So it's a $40 little thing that just like you press a button and it reads a random Bible verse. It's $40. And it just reads you like like fifteen. Little piece rand- of plastic. Yeah. How many Bible verses are there? It's sold at like three a.m. on infomercials. It's oh like for my. old people who can't just spend twelve bucks on a Bible. Yeah. Or just go to the church and ask for. I'm pretty sure they get you Bible should, for free. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You should just look up the trailer for it. It's great. It's pretty awful. Yeah. You should just look it up. Anyway. Okay. Forty dollars. <laughs> Anyways, as we were saying about comics. Speaking of. No. Uh, <laughs> Cosmic Ghost Rider. Resurrections. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've known for a while is getting a comic book series, but now we know who uh, will be drawing the comic book series along with Donny Cates, who is writing it. He created this character, so it makes sense. This is a six-issue miniseries and will be written. Uh, it will be drawn by Dylan Burnett. The series will begin j- July 4th. God bless America. Yeah. Um, the synopsis was also released. Oh. Allow me to read that, if oh. you will. I'm allowing it. He's commanded the page in a blaze of glory, dot, dot, dot. And now, this July, he'll embark on his own solo adventure in Cosmic Ghost Rider, all caps, an all-new limited series written by the character's co-creator, Donny Cates, uh, with art by none other, by, with art by one of the industry's 
Mm. Hottest new cre- creators, Dylan Burnett. So hot. The alternate future version of Frank Castle has become a fan favorite since debuting in Thanos number 13, stealing the spotlight with his crazy antics and unique origin story. And then the story, Kate and Burnett promise to pull out all the stops as Cosmic Ghost Rider's plan for a better uh, universe comes to fruition, however crazy they may be. Uh, and then Kate's quote, Cosmic Ghost Rider is such a blast to work on. It's honestly pretty overwhelming how much the Marvel fans have embraced this crazy character and I'm having so much fun continuing the writer's insane story. If you thought Thanos wins was wild, you just wait to see what we have planned for everyone's new favorite space lunatic. I'm in, 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 I'm in. Yeah, I man. He's part of, he's part of the, the, the reason why Thanos has been so great. Yep. Um, I don't want to spoil who it is. Who 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 is who the cosmic ghost? Writer? You literally you said literally it. read it in the synopsis who it was. I did it already. Yeah, it's, it's Frank it, Castle. That's why I was surprised. Like they're saying who it is. Like it's Frank Castle. Everyone knows who it yeah. is. He's even when a, I, he's got a skull on his chest. Even when I read yeah. it in a, when I read it in or well, when I read Frank Castle when I read Frank Castle in Thanos, I'm thinking, oh shit, that's Frank. Castle. I I I, I don't want to say his origins, man. I'm not going to say it's his awesome. origins. So good, it, I, but his balls to the walls, crazy. Though. Because I because I've been reading this since the beginning, and I follow Don and Cates on Twitter. Uh, I had I had like a ninety five percent suspicion it was Punisher because it says it's not the f- it's the least person you, you suspect like you, everyone thinks it's Deadpool it's the opposite of Deadpool I'm like well who's the most serious character in the Marvel universe it's the Punisher mm-hmm. and then I was like oh Jesus Christ right. they actually did it uh, <laughs> it's so good yeah this is gonna be pretty great because I but it's treading his origin story so it, it looks like it's well that, the pages that were released were like the three pages were like all of it so I think it's just gonna flesh it out a lot more right and I think yeah. what they're going to do is we're going to see a lot of the stuff that he said he did in that one issue where it does tell his origin yeah yeah um, such a good issue yeah man it's so oh, good dude that was so, so great if you're not reading Thanos please do it actually needs support even though everyone's talking about it uh, nobody buys seriously it. read Thanos yeah. wins actually um a lot of those like first couple issues are going for some money. Yeah, because no, because nobody buys them. So now they're worth all this money. Yeah, baby. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, in like fifty years. I'm gonna have all these number ones, baby. I got them all. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna be able to spend. You're gonna be able to get fifty bucks out of your local comic shop. Oh, <laughs> if they still exist. <laughs> if they still exist. <laughs> they still exist. Oh. It's like GameStop, but worse. Uh, uh, Sparks, players. are you gonna read this one? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, baby. Um. Well, Catwoman. Had an ongoing series for quite some time during the New 52. Meow, no, thank you. <laughs> Which was not good. Uh, they tried a lot of different things with her, and so, none of it really worked. So are they going to do a better one right meow? <sighs> thank you. Thank you, Super Troopers. <laughs> anyway, she's getting a new ongoing series coming out of her wedding. Hell yeah. Uh, to Batman. So out of Batman issue 50. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just read 44 where she, she might uh, or might not steal her wedding dress. So it's great. Okay. What do you mean by not steal her way? She's getting she's getting married in that. No, I'm what s- they have to give it back? No, I'm saying like when she she might have stolen her wedding dress instead of bought it. She might have broken in instead of buying it. Oh, and Batman doesn't know about it. So the oh. so the writer and artist uh, will be uh, Joelle Jones. She'll be yeah. handling both our art and um, and script, uh, and it's going to be colored by Laura Allred. Yeah, uh, who we're pretty sure is the wife of Michael. No, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. I thought maybe like sister. No. Okay. Wife of Mike Allred. Yeah, yeah. Their art style seems very similar, so mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, I man. like her. I like it a lot. Uh, I was just bragging to you earlier, Brandon, about how much I'm in love with this Batman run, and like every issue, like cements how much I'm so excited that Bruce and Selene are actually together in a comic, and like they're like, yeah, it's actually gonna happen, and like we're not like it might or might not, and, like they're they're getting married, and like that's awesome. That's super cool. 
Unless the three jokers have something to do with it. Oh, Jason oh. Fabok and Jeff Johns, apparently. Dude, I sent you guys that image of, of the Joker as like the priest getting them to marry. And like, Joker's not happy. It's like death to the family all over again. He's not happy that someone's taking his, yeah. taking his oh, man. man. Um, well, finally, we're going to touch on uh, something that dropped just a couple hours ago. What? Uh, Solo. <gasps> a Star Wars story. You're right. Uh, this kind of dropped as a surprise because I'm fairly certain I saw a thing that said it was dropping tomorrow. Uh, however, it dropped today, so Yay. here you go. Surprise, no uh, further. So, what do we what do we think about that? I'll Sparks, go, go first. For, yeah, okay, sorry. Um, I stand by pretty much everything I said about the actor playing solo and the lack of need for solo background stuff. But everything outside of that, I enjoyed seeing in this trailer. I like, like everything, this trailer. everything visually and everything. Like I don't, I don't. If if you told me, if nobody told me and it wasn't relevant to know that that guy was supposed to be Han Solo, everything about this would be appealing. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I totally, yeah. I totally get what you're saying. Uh, I kind of feel the same way. Uh, I think he does act a little bit more like Solo in this one. Um, I still have a bit of an issue with it. My biggest issue has always been we don't need to see every major event in his life in one movie. Yeah. And it looks like we still are. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, we know from the toys we're still getting the castle run. Uh, we know from the trailer now that he has just met Chewbacca at least within a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, this could be over like a ten-year lifespan. Like we like we just haven't we don't know yet, right? Because like we know, like I said before, like we see. Well, Amelia we do Clark's because we character. know because we know that it's not too far out from Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, but like like Amelia Clark's character is like super poor, and then she becomes super rich. So some time has to pass for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's at least a couple years for sure. Right, but cool. what I'm saying is. I think, well, I guess it depends on when the, so the Millennium Falcon, how we know, so there's a bit in the trailer that, I mean, truthfully, it works for me. It's a a fun gag where where he's asking, he's in the Millennium Falcon cockpit and he asks Chewbacca, where'd you learn how to fly? And Chewbacca's like, I'm 190 years old, Um, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of fun. But it's still like, clearly that's like post he's met everyone. He's got the Falcon, got the, so again, it's might be during, that might be the Kessel run. Yeah. So yes, there's time that's passed, but the, when we, he meets, but from the Amelia Clark stuff and the Solo stuff, it's that stuff, and then time passes, then he meets Chewbacca, yeah. Lando, the Castle Run does that. Yeah, I mean, I, that yeah, that is going to be the nature of the movie probably. But uh, uh, this trailer had had all uh, all the stuff that was missing from those other trailers for mm-hmm. me. I would um, agree. Like I mean, I, I like the trailer yeah, a lot yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked it looked a lot better. Yeah, man. Like it feels like a real awesome heist movie in space, which is like exactly what i wanted yeah me too and like again like i'm just not i'm just not seeing him as han solo like when i see it i'm like i i know he's supposed to be mm-hmm. but i'm just not buying it yet uh and i think but once i'm in the theater and like i'm into it and like an hour's gone by like i'll get over it uh but that's just the only thing in this trailer where i'm like exactly like sparks said like everything surrounding it without han solo is like yeah man this movie looks freaking awesome mm-hmm. then i was also just han solo i guess i did like the, the song the song choice in the first trailer a lot yeah. better. I, I, I like that bit a I lot. I think they're both good choices. I hope I hope that cool synth is in that movie yeah. from that first trailer. Uh, ben, what do you got? Um, pretty much I agree with Sparks. I really don't. Han Solo's not my favorite. He never was, but he was always cool. Um, oh, we, I don't really want a Han Solo movie, but after seeing this trailer, I'm still down. I'm down for it. Because before I was like, eh, whatever. It looks like Disney's just trying to milk Star Wars as much as they can. But now seeing this trailer, I was like, you know what? They might actually put quite a bit of effort into us, and I'm looking forward to it. 
I don't believe that anyone goes into making a movie just to just to make a bad yeah, movie. Yeah, I never think it's about like oh they're oh, not no. trying their best. It's just like no, no. I, I, realize, thing, I realize that. But here's the thing: like I think Ron Howard and everyone on, in, in the movie is trying their best. It's the suits who are like oh, you got to do this, got to do this. Yeah. However, my only hang up is still I feel like there. I feel like there's probably a still a way and. Uh, haven't seen the movie don't know for sure but even going into the movie maybe coming out of it i'll probably feel the same way where it's like you know is there a way to tell the same kind of high story which i like how it looks but without showing the three most significant events in in, in han solo's if, life i guess right. you can call it like like han solo greatest hits movie yes like you know like it's the stuff we've all heard about and yeah. now we're just seeing it i mean it for me, it's still fundamentally i mean we've talked around this so i won't i won't go too deep into yeah. it but i think it still fundamentally comes down to Having a Han Solo origin movie is unnecessary, but yes, yes. if you're going if you're going to have the movie, then yes, you have to hit all of those things because that's what people are going for. Because you're going to have a larger audience of people complaining about not seeing those things than the people who who are going to be put off if it uh, does. You know sure. what I mean? Because it is it is again for like these Star Wars movies are made for everyone. So like the, like Grammy Joe is like oh yeah the 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 the, the Crustle run I remember that from the seventies like that's sure. that's all you need oh I'm gonna go know? see a Star War yeah I'm gonna go see a Star and, War you know you both you both are right it's yeah. just I can't help but but like think I would have just kind of preferred just a heist movie yeah. yeah yeah right which is which is going back to I agree with you it would have had to have not been a Han Solo movie yeah. sure Boba yeah. Fett movie that's really that's really what it is and I agree like we don't need a Han Solo movie. But we do need a Obi Wan Kenobi star- movie starring Ewan McGregor. You know what? Yes. I've kind of backpedaled on that just a tad. I'm still kind of like, yes, I want that, but also I'm like, please get out of this era. Show me something new. Yeah, true. I'm yeah. kind of d- done seeing that. I think a- we have to wait for Ryan Johnson for that. I think so too. Yeah. Now, I heard there was like a there's this thing online where someone's saying there was this movie that they wanted to make called Last Stand, and it was like the last true stand of the Republic army getting obliterated. Mm, We've well, no. seen that. It's called the Revenge of the Sith. Shut up. Shit. <laughs> do it. Uh, my favorite Star Wars movie. All right. Oh, jeez. Oh. Well, that'll do it for the news segment this time. Anyone else want to bring up something before we move on? Uh, Franklin and Valeria Richards are growing up for the first time in like 50 years. That's awesome. That's cool. Oh, um, Sonic, uh, um, Sega, they released an animated short this week for uh, Sonic Mania. Ooh. They and, did. Uh, that was awesome. Yeah, and the cool thing was it was actually drawn and animated using the designs by the whose name is escaping me right now by the guy who is currently drawing the Sonic the Hedgehog book for IDW. I can't believe you forgot Frank's name. I'm kidding. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> no, but that animated short is actually, it's only three minutes long. It's really well done. It reminds me of the good Sonic classic cartoons that they did. So yeah, if, if you're a Sonic fan, I would def- definitely try to find it on YouTube and watch it. It's why, really why is Sonic Mania getting an animated short? Is, are they getting like DLC or something? Well, there is. It's, good, it's oh. because it's because the, uh, the response to the animated intro for Sonic Mania was so passionate that they realized that they could put more into doing things in that animation style, so they are yeah. awesome. And also, there is actually going to be a new version of Sonic being released because originally it was only released as a downloadable game. It's getting a physical version for all the major consoles, and inside it, you also get to play as Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel, two characters in the I Sonic. I was about to say the Mighty Duck. <sighs> no, um, two characters who are playable in the Knuckles Chaos game for the 32X. That actually have been lost to the Sonic mythos and only appeared in the comic books. Armadillo, can he roll like an armadillo like Sonic? He's does? super strong, so yeah. Oh yeah, man, like 
That's what it sounds like when I talk. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff there that I did not understand. Dude, I know. Like, sometimes, like, we're fans of so many things, but, like, you get this one time where someone's talking and it's like, yeah. wow, no way, dude. It's mm-hmm. like, it's sports. You know, yeah. since since we're going to wrap up the news, uh, did you guys get to read Zoe Saldana's comments about yeah. I retweeted people it. talking down? I did yeah. not get, to get a chance to read oh, it. Oh, that's actually, that's a good thing to talk about. I uh, haven't yeah. heard about this one. Uh, so she she put out a, 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 a quote where saying, like, pe- I forgot who said it, uh, but she basically... Uh, she did, duh. She defended people starring in uh, superhero movies. And, like, you guys yeah. don't understand how powerful superhero movies are to kids and people growing Here, up. Here, I've got, I've got her oh, I've please. Got her quote. Go for it. Oh, please. Um, so I've been in, uh, this is always Saldana speaking. I've been in rooms with people in this industry who are great at what they do, but they're absolutely elitist and they look down at movies like the Marvel films or actors like myself. They think we're selling out in some way. Every time they speak, I feel so disappointed in them because wherever you see pictures of people in this industry who donate their time to children in need, it's these actors that live in the world that you feel is selling out. It's these actors that understand the role that they play inspires a five-year-old who has one dying wish to meet a superhero. That actor takes time out of their life and sits down with that five-year-old and says i see you i hear you and you matter those elitists should be a little more cognizant about what playing a superhero means to a young child because you're not just dissing me you're dissing what the child considers important in their world yeah damn drop them and she had she had more to say but it was it was in this idea of it's like you know this notion that superhero movies are just we are just doing them so that we can cash in is so dismissive and rude when you are not valuing how much movies can mean to kids, especially movies of this type. Um, so, you know, shut the hell up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was just such a, such a solid point of, of acknowledgement about, you know, stop, just leave the market alone just because superhero movies are the popular thing. Like remember how much it can mean to people in general. Yeah, I remember I'd be scrolling on my Facebook on Facebook just on my timeline. I would see people post videos of Tom Holland dressed in his Spider-Man suit, going to hot, going into hospitals, the terminal oh wings, God, dude. and talking oh, what to about these. When, what about when Robert Downey Jr. gave a kid a prosthetic arm? Yeah, or the Super Bowl bet between Chris Pratt and Chris Evans, and They're, then they, then he doesn't matter who lost; they both did. They, it anyway. they both did it. Yeah, that's what that's what's so cool about Marvel, dude. Like they they acquire these actors who are good people, right? And they want to do good to the world and these movies like they're superhero movies yeah but exactly like they mean a lot they mean so much to so many people and they take time out of their lives to go help others and like that's I don't do and, and credit awesome. credit where credit is due. It's not just the Marvel ones. It's the it's, DC superheroes. That's oh, true. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah. Ben Ben Affleck just called in this week to a terminally ill boy as Batman. Man, that's awesome. So, like, that's awesome. Also, after the tragedy at Aurora when the Dark Knight Rises came out, Christian Bale yeah, and yeah. I think um, a few other stars went to the hospital to the and talked to the victims. Well, yeah, yeah. Goodell has done some, has oh, done yeah. a ton yeah. of stuff. Right, like all all these actors are always doing things like this, and it it's just. People should not be as elitist about it as yeah. as she's talking about. I, I like that she had the that response to it. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. like it too. All right. Well, uh, earlier today I sat down with comic book artist J.K. Woodward whoop, 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 whoop. Uh, to talk about his career working on IDW, primarily on Star Trek comics, uh, but most specifically his latest book, Star Trek the Sexy Next Picard. It's called Star Trek Sexy Picard. You're right. You're right. It's <laughs> called Star Trek The Next Generation Mirror Broken. And, uh, uh, well, you know. Enjoy. Make it so. I'm excited today to be joined by J.K. Woodward. Uh, thank you again for doing this. Oh, thanks for having me on. Of course. Um, so you just came out with Star Trek The Next Generation Mirror Broken. That's right. That you wrote with uh, Scott and Dave Tipton. 
as always. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, I just actually finished reading it. It's, it's incredible. I loved it. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you, like, how did you first get involved with the Tiptons? I know you've worked with them for a couple of uh, comics now, specifically Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess we both the Tiptons and myself started out in around 2006 when um, IDW first acquired the Trek license, doing you know just various products, usually uh, um, like one issue stories, specials. Um, I was doing mostly covers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I, we first got together on the uh, Star Trek Doctor Who crossover. Oh, was that that uh, was Assimilation Squared? Yes, I believe that was around 2008. Um, so we've been we've been working together almost as long as we've all been working on Star Trek. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah, uh, you're a big Trek fan yourself. Oh, I have been my whole life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite Trek? Uh, <laughs> And that answer changes all the time. Um, it, it, it really depends on a lot of things, what I'm looking for, because they kind of, between them all, they have it all. Yeah. Um, nostalgically, though, I would say the original series, because that's where, uh, you know, seven-year-old me used to plop down in front of the TV and, and watch, uh, watch it in syndication. Oh, yeah. That's a great um, show. Did you see yeah. Discovery? The what? Did you see Discovery? Oh, yes. Yes. In fact, I, I do my own podcast um, reviewing the first season of that with, oh. uh, with my friend Daryl. Yeah. What's the podcast called? It's called Go Trek Yourself. That's great. <laughs> uh, and in between seasons, we um, we just talk about a lot of like what the questions you just asked. We, we talk about what our favorite characters are and why or what our favorite episodes are and why. And, um, kind of just break down what we think of Star Trek until season two comes along and then we'll we'll start reviewing discovery again, but uh, oh, to anticipate cool. your next question, I loved it. <laughs> oh yeah. I was going to ask, I haven't, I haven't had a chance to catch it yet, which uh, sucks for me because I'm a huge Star Trek fan. And I'm just like, I just haven't had a chance yet. There's a, there's a lot to get around at first. I, I understand why there's a lot of people that are uh, naysaying it. The Klingons look different. That's always been an obstacle in, in every time, every time they redesign the Klingons, which yeah. has been done four times already. Um, it's always kind of been an obstacle, but you get past it. And, uh, it's really, it's really a great show tied very strongly into a Trek canon, despite, you know, what some people are saying. Yeah. Once you watch it, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, and I'm hooked. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. I like it when uh, Trek fans aren't so negative about something new coming out. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I get, I get that. I can be a little negative at times too, and I, I must it's... admit, I was a little hesitant. Well, you know, <laughs> part of loving something is also hating it, you know, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it, it, it definitely happens with Trek. I mean, I've every time there's a, a, a incontinuity and, and Discovery isn't, you know, the first to do it. You see it in Trek all the time. Um, it drives me nuts, you know, yeah. because, you know, Trek better than the people working on it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> um, so you started. Work, so you did the interiors for Star Trek Doctor Who crossover. Um, yes. What, what was that like? Interior. Um, that was very exciting at, at first, and then it got very stressful oh, yeah. as the deadlines kind of crunched in on me. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, I uh, was penciling and and, uh, and painting it myself, mm-hmm. and then we switched to layouts by uh, Gordon Purcell, I think on issue four, and uh, I was doing the finishes and the paints over and that. IDW had the license to both Doctor Who and Star Trek at the time, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I th- I thought this was gonna. I thought they were playing a joke on me when they first said it. Because, oh really? 
I mean, we were all joked about it. We can finally get that Star Trek Doctor Who crossover that everybody's been talking about for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I called in and uh, wanted to see what was next, uh, the editor told me about it. I thought he was playing a joke on me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he had to actually convince me that it was real before I said yes. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was definitely, it was one of those things you never thought you'd, you'd be seeing, never, let alone doing. You yeah. Know? So that was a lot of fun. And that was the 11th Doctor meeting in the Next Generation cast, right? Yes, although, what? and yeah. unfortunately I didn't get work on it, but in the third issue there was a, uh, I think a 12-page flashback oh. that had the fourth Doctor uh, with um, the original, you know, TOS crew. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, it's nice. So uh, did you chose the next-gen cast, or did they cho- choose the next-gen cast? That was a, um, yeah, that was a corporate decision, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was um, CBS and BBC that came up with that. Um, okay. And then we basically there are some you know there's some limitations that uh, have to come from the people that actually own the properties, mm-hmm. uh, and then the creative people come in and work with those parameters. And in this case, that those that, that was the parameters. Oh, so. I see. Which worked out because I'm assuming you like the next gen cast. I love next gen. Yeah. And you know, my second answer to a favorite series was Next Generation because that was the first series I got to see as an adult. Oh yeah. So I got to. So I understood it the first time around, where a TOS I enjoyed as a child, mm-hmm. and then watched it again as an adult and got something totally new out of it. Um, TNG was the first one that I, I got it right from the beginning. Yeah, Next Gen was the first Trek I, I watched also. Um, I still remember the episode I saw. It was the one where they had, like, uh, I totally don't remember the episode. It was where there were time, like, bubbles that they would uh, travel through. And, like, like I remember specifically... Oh, right. Uh, they were on the, the crazy about. fingernail episode. I yeah, call it. the crazy fingernail. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was the first Trek episode I ever saw. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, they had to wear the time wristbands so they could work outside of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and yeah. that was the only time we ever see the the back of a runabout. Yes, yes. It's my favorite shuttle and, design. And it's a table, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Nothing more exciting than the let's sit around a table and talk with some fruit. Is that, it has some, some fruit. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I remember you did uh, City on the Edge of Forever. Yes. Which was based off of Harlan Ellison's original script. Yes. What was that like? I mean, that must have been exciting. You had to re- you redesigned an entire original series episode. This, I never thought anything would top like a, a Star Trek Doctor Who crossover for me, but this definitely did. Yeah. Um, and uh, mainly for the reason of working with Harlan Ellison. Oh, you worked um, directly with him? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, um, he was always in the loop. Yeah. It's Harlan. This is his, um, this has kind of been stuck in his craw for about 50 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's not worth doing unless we do it exactly how he imagined it. Yeah. Otherwise, because we already have the other episode, which was great, mm-hmm. but this is supposed to be the original one he wanted. So, yeah, he was definitely involved, and I was happy to have him involved. Normally, as an artist, I don't want other people involved. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to make sure I got this exactly as, as he imagined it because I wanted to see what it looked like. Yeah. <laughs> I would ima- like. I mean, I would imagine that'd be really exciting. But like Gene, I guess the story goes that Gene Roddenberry didn't like that there was a drug dealer in Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's there's some controversy around that because, yeah, he he didn't like that. Which I don't see the problem with that because in the the original series, a lot of fallible people made their way onto the Enterprise somehow. Yeah, you know, <laughs> but but none of them um, were Starfleet, right? Unless they were an admiral. Yeah. Well, no, no. There was uh, there was there was an episode with a murderer. But I mean, oh. they always come up with a reason that's that's you know, either an alien influence or something. You yeah. Know? 
Um, but drugs are an alien influence, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but the thing is that the controversial part was um, Roddenberry kept saying that um, Scotty was selling drugs and no, no script ever had Scotty selling drugs. And then he, Harlan approached him about that. He apologized um, and said, I, I, you know, I must've got that wrong or whatever it was. And it seemed squashed mm-hmm. and they got along for a little while. And then he said it again, according to Harlan at a uh, college um, speaking event. So that was the kind of controversy behind that. And I don't know what the, the truth is. Right. I don't really care, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I uh, admire both men. So, so the, the, I don't get in, I don't get in the middle of that squabble. Sure. <laughs> yeah. So the story, the original story was that there was a drug deal in enterprise and that, and the man on that drug goes through the, um, what, forgive me, what are the guys called? The, the, the gate. Oh, the guard, the guardians. Yeah. The, the guardians. Guard, yeah. Well, in the original version, there were the guardians were like ten foot stone giants. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's clearly not in the budget. No. I mean, maybe they could have done it. I don't know because they did, they had that episode with Apollo. So yeah. you know, who knows? But um, yeah, and and yeah, that character that got hooked on drugs because of the other character that was pushing him. Mm-hmm. He's the one that goes nuts and goes through the vortex and goes back in time. Right. And, instead of McCoy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so did you, did you feel like you needed to design it to look as if it was going to have the budget of the sixties or did you kind of feel like you had the free reign to kind of do what you wanted? I, well, what, what I want as an artist is the free reign. I wanted the broad helicopter shots, the broads, the wide sweeping landscapes, you know, everything yeah. that you would want as an artist. But no, I tried to crop it in close. So it, it does, you know, resembled the same kind of feeling of a close set, mm-hmm. you know, I, uh, there was a couple places, though. I did do a double-page spread that showed the whole planet in sort of a kind of helicopter shot that they never would have had right. in the original series. But for the most part, I tried to make it look like something they would have done. Yeah. And 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 in designing, I was also tried to keep it. Well, what would this character look like if there's a new character? What would it look like in the '60s? Mm-hmm. You know. So. And even the drugs kind of look like they looked like um like their food, their, their colorful food pellets from the replicators. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's that's the other thing I tried to keep in mind. My instinct normally when I uh, when I paint anything is to desaturate the colors, kind of tone it down. Uh, I'm not a big color guy, right. uh, but for the '60s, Technicolor was new. Um, NBC wanted to sell it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So every that's why we have all those those colors on the sets, on uh, things like uh, you know Gilligan's Island or uh, Star Trek or Batman for that matter. Right. Um, so yeah, I tried to bear that in mind and I made everything kind of more colorful than I would have liked to, <laughs> but I mean, it, it helps kind of sell the illusion. Right. It should look like an episode. Right. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Um, I, I, I bought that monthly. It was, it was, it was excellent. I loved it. Oh, thank you. Um, it's, um, it's the work I'm most proud of. I was very happy with it. Oh, really? Uh, probably spent more time on it than anything else. Or was allowed to Yeah. Spend more time on it than anything else. And you did. Uh, and I got to work directly with Harlan and talk to him and i've been a fan of his since uh, again since i was about eight years old i think yeah. i saw i saw in a, uh, at the time it was an old movie at a drive-in called the boy and his dog and it was definitely not for kids <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know i don't think my mother knew that <laughs> it's a misleading title yeah and i found out who it was written by harlan ellison and then that was the first time i made a connection yeah um with a writer you know i was like i gotta remember who that is and Found out he wrote short stories, and you know, for for a child with the kind of attention span a child has, 
those are the perfect stories. Mm-hmm. So I started reading his work at a young age. And that was that that story was also written with the Tiptons. Uh, What's that? That the story was, that was also written with the Tipton, Tiptons. Yes, the City on the Edge of Forever. Yes. Yeah. yeah they 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 took the uh, original uh, uh, teleplay and and turned it into a comic book script. Um, and doesn't doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a very hard thing to do, especially since they had to divide it up into a five issue miniseries. It had to fit the kind of format where every page starts the upper left and it has a mini ending by the lower right. So you keep turning the page. Mm-hmm. Um, every issue had to have a kind of an ending that would keep you coming back for the next one. So trying to squeeze that in and keep the pacing the way Harlan wanted was a, a difficult task. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's great though. It really paid off. Um, so you recently did Star Trek, the next generation mirror broken, which we said at the top. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, where did this story come from? Um, it it, it started with I, I also do work directly with CBS mm-hmm. uh, from time to time, illustrative work, and um, it came from a style guide. <laughs> we were doing a product style guide, um, originally just for Mirror Universe in general, mm-hmm. um, but you know we didn't have there was so many there had been books written, uh, there had been plenty of fan art, fan fiction about what the Mirror Universe would look like. Um, with Next Generation. But we wanted to develop something that fit in with kind of what they did in TOS Enterprise. And certainly, and this is the weak point with some of the other fiction that was done earlier, had to fit in with what they did in Deep Space Nine. Right. Which a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that had been done earlier was done before that, uh, before those episodes. Right. And, D- and DS9 all... said it all collapsed, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Which we decided they, that was more propaganda than anything else <laughs> right but it was definitely has it did have to be a weakened empire or they wouldn't get away with that propaganda mm. you know so so um so we basically we, i developed these characters for a style guide and the ships and we worked with designers from uh, creative works that did uh, uh all the design work designed that actual the the empire symbol the new one mm-hmm. that we have um and as I was doing this, I just it just sparked my imagination. And I said to uh, John Van Sitters that we we need to do something with this. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't we get the Tiptons? Mm-hmm. You know, because we we didn't have a new project lined up. Why not this? Or we did have one, but it's in limbo. We're still not supposed to talk about it. But... Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> so we basically room opened up, and I was like, why why aren't we doing this? Mm-hmm. So that's how it got to IDW, and then from there, the Tiptons just took the designs and came up with a story. And right. uh, yeah, and the rest was history. And so you gave well, you gave Picard the classic mirror universe goatee. Had to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had actually had two looks. I had one with a full beard. Um, at first with um, with with his signature kind of little bit of hair on the side, mm-hmm. and then I thought, you know, fascism was a reoccurring theme I wanted in the book, uh, visually, anyways. Yeah. Um. So I decided, you know, well, Mussolini never, you know, Mussolini shaved his head so he would look stronger, you know, by advice of uh, of his people. So I figured, why wouldn't Picard do the same? And so I gave him a goatee and shaved his head clean That's and great. did the same with Jordy just to change his look up. Right. And uh, Data has a Borg appendage, it looks like. Yeah. My yeah. thought when I was creating the look of the character with with Mirror Universe, you want either, you know, you get three choices, facial hair, scar, 
or some kind of an eye patch. Sure. <laughs> you know? And uh, but I didn't want to have everybody having an eye patch or every other person having an eye patch or, or a missing eye or something. Mm. Um, but it does help make them look a little battle scarred. And I thought for data, why not Borg? Yeah, you that's know? And cool. I figured, yeah. And then I came up with a, a story in my head that maybe he, uh, in this universe, the Borg weren't a threat. You know, they, every time they had a chance in TNG to defeat the Borg, something would come up and morality would get in the way. Well, right. we can't do that. It's genocide. Or, you know, they would talk about it. In the mirror universe, they wouldn't talk about it. Right. <laughs> they would have sent Hugh right over there and done with it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I figured Data would have uh, experimented. He would have reprogrammed nanites, made them work for him, um, and tried to make himself a stronger weapon. Is there which a... In the... Oh, sorry, sorry, continue. What's that? Sorry, continue. Oh, I'm just saying, um, I, I think it, this Data is still obsessed with... Um, humanity yeah it just he would have learned a different lesson about humanity in this universe and it would have been be strong is and the, uh is there the borg a story? could do that for him is there a story where the borg played a bigger role um nothing's been written i mean we, this was the first story we did but you know when you're even when you're just drawing something you come up with backstories you know head fiction yeah um but we did, um, and I didn't really do the art on it. I just did the cover. But there was a loot crate uh, special that came out during this miniseries. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, yeah, it was a Data's origin story. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Soong mines and and all that. Yeah. So yep. uh, so cool to play with a lot of those things that we know and just flip them. Yeah. Well, that's what makes Mirror Universe so much fun. Yeah. So you chose. Th so again, was this a you, this one you chose the next gen cast for this story. Um, I think we just covered everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I I chose it in the sense that I did, um, I did the designs that we wanted for the style guide. Mm -hmm. But um, adding Barkley was actually the Tiptons. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, and they chose that for Free Comic Book Day. They thought Barkley would be a good way to uh, introduce the reader to the world around them. The new mirror universe world. Yeah. And uh, consequently, ended up, uh, you know, people liked it so much, it ended up giving Barkley a bigger role than, than he would have had. That's but cool. I think people like Mirror Barkley a lot better than <laughs> regular Barkley, unfortunately, for Barkley. Oh, I like Reg. <laughs> he was always affable. Um, yeah. But you chose the Enterprise D, and they actually call it the Enterprise D, or they don't necessarily call it, but the design has the D on it. Yeah. Uh, so were there was there an A, B, and C Enterprise in the Mirror Universe? The assumption is yes, there was. Right. Um, that it followed the same path. Um, uh, the only thing is that they fell a little bit behind because they were kind of more ravaged. Mm -hmm. That's why at the beginning, we assumed this would be around season four or five. Oh, okay. Um, and on season four or five, they definitely had already had the Enterprise for a while. Yeah. But in this universe, uh, Picard has to steal it, spoilers, mm -hmm. um, because he's still on the Stargazer, and it's a hunk of junk. Right. It's barely holding up. <laughs> um, so there, there's some differences, but it just seems to me, if there's any logic to the mirror universe, which there isn't, <laughs> but if there is, <laughs> and can canonically anyways, is no matter what happens, it always falls back into a parallel with the regular universe right no matter what you do over there it seems like it always falls back into place a little bit mm -hmm. um so in my mind yeah there would be a b and a c 
and a D, despite the changes. But there might be small differences. Like, they didn't get to that ship until a little later. Mm -hmm. uh, the ship design, because they got to it later, is the design from uh, All Good Things, the future. Right, with the third nacelle and the... With the third nacelle and the big the cannon. Yeah. Except the cannon, um, I changed a little bit. The one, the, uh, the one under the saucer. Mm-hmm. I added a little Klingon technology because I figured they would have pilfered that in the war. Sure. And Riker yeah. even carries a Klingon disruptor. Something similar. It's yeah. a cross between the two. Yeah. Okay. You see, you can see like the, the, the head of it is a Federation phaser, oh. but it's, it's powered by the, yeah, the Klingon guts. The, the... So yeah, I tried to make things a little, try to mix it up. So it's kind of like the, it's no longer like an empire, more like they're kind of scavenging and trying to stay afloat. Well, yeah, it's, well, I mean, think of it as maybe kind of like the British Empire that used to be all over the world. Now it's consolidated onto their island. Sure. You know, um, they, they, their empire still exists. All the pieces are there. It's just they're back in their own solar system. Right. Even in And the they want to expand again. Right. And in the free comic book day, they talk about they still have Vulcan slaves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's well again that those are um those are uh more symbols of fascism mm -hmm. where um they don't respect uh diversity. That's the big difference in this universe. Right. Whereas it's the opposite is true in the the regular Trek universe. And uh, canonically I've I've never quite understood was Spock emperor after Mirror Mirror or is that well, just kind of fan speculation? <laughs> I don't want to say. Here's why. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, we're we're going to touch on a little bit on that in uh, what's coming up in a in a couple of weeks or okay. next month. Uh, we're doing a, a I think it's called Through the Mirror. Yes, I was going to ask. And about it's that. going to be yeah, it's a five issue. It's going to come out weekly, so we have various artists on it. Mm -hmm. I will be doing a story that runs uh, four pages each issue throughout the whole thing. So it's a twenty page story. Okay. Uh, and that's going to touch upon. Spock's role in this universe. Okay. Um, so I don't want to spoil that by saying. <laughs> sure, of course. I think you'll be happy if you're interested in that. Then check these books out. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm. I mean, I'm as a Trek fan. I'm always fascinated by the mirror universe. And you're in for through the mirror. You're having for the first time the mirror universe crossover to the prime universe. Exactly. Right. And that was a big. That was a big. Um, that was the one criticism we got a little bit. Everybody seemed to love love what we did, but. Um, the, the curiosity was, well, how come they, you know, they didn't cross over because all the mirror universe stories tend to cross over. Mm -hmm. And our answer to that is we wanted to focus on this new universe. We had people have been waiting a while to see what that would look like in TNG. People seem to enjoy the stuff that uh, novelists did before us mm -hmm. um, in this, in this, uh, even though we, we did something slightly different. And uh, yeah, I don't didn't want to muck it up. Yeah, oh, that <laughs> you know, makes crossover. sense. Yeah, I wanted to wanted to introduce you to exactly what this looked like. So when we do do a crossover, you know, you feel like you know everybody. Right. Because we've seen we've seen the mirror universe through the eyes of the characters we followed from the prime universe going over. Yes. And this was this is you just wanted to focus on and this time we see it from the perspective of the empire and kind of and Picard Exactly. an empire yes. Picard. Yeah, and it and it uh, it makes you realize they're not necessarily bad guys. It's just a nature versus nurture argument. They're the same characters. Yeah. You know, they're just uh their duty is different. Sure. Like uh, Crusher in this, she's still caring and she loves her son. It's just her son's a little mm -hmm. unhinged these days. Well, he's, yeah, he's a super smart kid that's been, 
And she's been trying to hide that yeah. because, you know, you get exploited in this universe. And mm-hmm. then when you're not useful, you get killed. So, you know, she, she, you, it's best to be invisible. And that as a mother, that's what her, um, you know, that that's what she saw her role as. Keep them, keep them hidden. Right. And uh, obviously Worf couldn't be on the Enterprise. Wrong species. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and he's already been established in the mirror universe as part of the uh, Cardassian-Klingon alliance um, oh, in Deep right. Space Nine. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he yep. crossed over with Deep Space Nine, finally. Yep. Um, so IDW mentioned that Through the Mirror may, uh, or was hoping to lead into more. Yes. Um, can you touch on what that more could be? Well, I'm not sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> your question. Um I will say that we did announce at WonderCon, so I guess I can say mm-hmm. um, there will, and they actually showed my cover for the first time there. So I'm doing covers only for this one. I'm going to sit this one out, but okay. it's going to be uh, a six issue miniseries. Uh, and it's going to be called Terra Incognita. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be coming a couple months after this series is over, this five issue mini. So, yes, and I, I, I'm sure there'll be something right after that. So as long as um, people are still enjoying them. We're going to keep going with them. Right. I don't know how I missed that Terra Incognita uh, <laughs> announcement. Uh, can you w- touch on what that might be? What's that? Can you touch on what that might uh, what, what that might be or touching on? I, I purposely kept it vague because I'm, sh- I'm trying to remember what Sarah said at the um, panel. I was on the panel, uh, and she was – I think she kept it about that vague, so I think I should. <laughs> she sure. pretty much just showed covers. Um, and uh, – it's going to have a lot more prime TNG in it, mm-hmm. um, which is never a bad thing. Of course not. Uh, but other than that, I don't. I, anything else I say might spoil something because uh, I haven't read all the scripts yet, so I'm not sure. sure what I should and shouldn't say. And you're um, and you're you're helping kind of guide and script this uh, new kind of next generation mirror universe stuff, right? Yeah, I'm working with them. I'm always working with them. Right. Um, but primarily, I'm just doing covers. So it's um, unless I'm I'm doing the art, I don't do too much of that. But when I, whatever I'm doing the art, I do. Uh, I sit down with them when we plot, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and give my two cents. Right. And then, uh, yeah, that'd be kind of cool to see. And we've never really seen an ongoing mirror universe story uh, from from Star Trek. It'd be kind of cool to see a, a comic just do the mirror universe. Oh, I would love to see how long an ongoing would would last doing that because I would love to. <laughs> yeah. I would love to. Do, you know, I would love to. So many stories. I mean, I, I've got a billion of them in my head just from drawing these characters, mm-hmm. um, and even his, history stories. So many questions about what happened in between the original series and and now. Um, even and, and what TNG, happened? I mean, yeah. Even what happened at, at the Enterprise Mirror? Uh, what was that episode called? Mirror in a Mirror Darkly. Yes. With a uh, Hoshi uh, becoming Empress. Yep. Man, so many well, so many places you can go. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of uh, history in the mirror universe that hasn't been touched on, and I would love to see somebody connect the dots. Maybe even in a novel, if not in a comic. Maybe in a, like a like the auto, autobiography of uh, James T. Kirk did, kind of oh, connected everything yeah. together. Did you do that with the mirror universe? That'd be like, great. Yeah. Did you read the autobiography? So I hope Dayton Ward's listening because I want him to write it. All right. <laughs> did you read the Picard one? The what? The Picard autobiography? I have not got to it yet, no. No, neither have I, but and I've he's it. he's my favorite captain, so I should have... 
Oh, that was going to be my wrap-up question. Who was your favorite captain? Yeah, definitely Picard. Yeah. yeah. I've always been a Kirk fan. Kirk's very Kirk's much more entertaining. Picard's more of a role model for me, though. Yeah, I can see that. See, I always liked Admiral Kirk more than I liked Captain Kirk. Yeah. I thought I always liked the kind of in like Wrath of Khan where he's like more sure of himself as a as a commander, but a lot less sure of himself as a person. Right. I just always right. kind of like that dichotomy. And he, yeah, and and that's exactly how uh, somebody as career minded as him should feel at that age. Yeah. And they they really turned it up to to eleven and. Uh, <laughs> Undiscovered country. Oh yeah, uh, totally. Not, not, uh, not undiscovered. Definitely an undiscovered country, but also in um, the the crossover. What was that? Uh, with TNG. Oh, next generations. Movie. Generations. Yeah. yeah, I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> I mean, a lot of Trek. <laughs> but fans they really turned it up in there because he spent the whole movie going like, you know, I've just wasted my life. Yeah. I'm an old lone man. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got for you. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I always love talking Trek. Of course, I, I love. It. I never get to do it enough on the show. <laughs> um, so Terra Incognita is coming out soon, and uh, definitely should be on the lookout for in a um, through the mirror, which is yep, the next, next series. Um, and go Trek yourself is your podcast. Go Trek yourself. Yep. Cool. So you I, can find us on Twitter under Go Trek Yourself, uh, iTunes, at any of the usual places to pick it up. Um, and you can find me personally on Twitter as JK underscore Woodward. Okay. And uh, you should get any other news you're interested in through that, <laughs> through that artery, you know. Anything else you wanted to plug? Anything more before we get out? Nothing at this time, but I'm sure uh, you know. If you ever want to have me back on the show, there might be some news I want to, I want to talk about in a couple of months. Oh, cool! A couple of months. Keep yeah. a lookout. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, man. So that was my interview with J.K. Woodward. Uh, he was a really cool guy. Uh, I urge you all. The four, the three of you, yes. to listen to it. I will. <laughs> I will. Because spoiler will. alerts, you haven't. This is this is actually a podcast I can listen to because I'm not going to be on a lot. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I, I listen to all our shows while I work. It helps me pass the time. Yeah. And I also, can't, it's, can't do it. Uh, it saves my soul. Hate my voice. It was pretty great to get to talk to him because I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and so is he. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I thought. I unfortunately couldn't be on the interview, but uh, when we did talk to him at whatever convention it was at, that was really nice. Long and Beach Comic Con. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, and he'll be at the next Long Beach as well, so we can Wait talk to him there. September, I think. September. Oh, okay. We're going to figure out what we're doing for that. Oh, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. We, got we will. We got time. All right. So, Ryan, take it away. Hey, it's Ryan Leopolis, and it's time for the Fake Nerd Book Club. I chose a book written and drawn by a man named Sean Murphy. He used to go by Sean Gordon Murphy, and he dropped the G because he's a G unit. He don't need it. Uh, it's called Punk Rock <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it, is in a, it is a Vertigo uh, six-issue miniseries about um, a... a um, uh, a, a company. Hey, um, yes. I'm trying to think, like a, a a reality TV show, like a company. J2. J2 uh, clones Jesus uh, from the shroud of. Well, that's the name of the project. The company was uh, Ophis. Oh, 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 Ophis. Ophis. They clone Jesus from the shroud of Turpin. Is that what it's called? Turin. Turin. Which Turin. is which the is shroud of Turpin. I do. I don't know. I'm not the, religious. The, shr- <laughs> the, tr- the shroud of Turin is what was supposedly covered Jesus when he was placed in the tomb after he died. Yes. Yeah, so um, this takes place like rel- like this was written in 2011. So it takes place in like 2019, 2020. But it's about Jesus being cloned and having like a Truman Show esque life, uh, chronicling him and his mother Gwen, who is this 18 year old girl who has auditioned to be the Mother Mary. And the support team behind it, and Thomas uh, McKeel, who is a 
ex IRA terrorist turned uh, uh, bodyguard to uh, Jesus Christ, who's like a little like five year old boy. Uh, I like this book a lot. It's super weird. It's super crazy. Um, it's very uh, religious and political, um, but it pushes all the right buttons, and I really like it a lot. Uh, I think the character work is really strong, especially with Thomas. Uh, this, the arc and the, the stuff he goes through is really powerful. Uh, Gwen is that poor girl. Uh, she just wanted to be a good mom. It's, it's heartbreaking <laughs> what happens to Gwen in yeah, this book. Dude. Like she, she's just like she's supposed to be like like the Mary. Like she gets birth. She gets like a virgin. Even, they birth. even talk about how she's like she, you're the mom that everyone loves to hate. It's like you've turned her into a yeah. villain. Uh, yeah. So she was just a regular eighteen year old girl, and they gave her like boob implants and like uh, like a nose lick, job, a nose job, lick augmentation to like they make made, her. They made her like work out on a strict thing yeah. so that she could keep while her, she while was pregnant, pregnant while she was pregnant. Uh, they t- basically turned her into an alcoholic for ratings. Uh, they they produced miracles that were not real to make it seem like cr- Chris, which is Jesus Christ. Chris yeah. was an actual like God, uh, which I can't even tell you what that would do to that poor child's brain to say like you're the son of God and these seven billion people watch you every day. I looked at the story as kind of like it's the story of like Jesus Christ turned against Christ. Like if Jesus like came back yeah. and like this is the world like he grew like that he was raised in like uh, he would. Do exactly what Chris does. Yeah. yeah. Not only right that, but not only that, but you also get um, the Nash, the New American Christians, which is the, this this right wing, absolutely um, radicalized super, right wing oh, Christian. I mean, they're mostly just, Christian white moms. I mean, yeah. Ca- think of it. Think of <laughs> one million like, moms. Yeah. Yeah. Think right. of them as kind of like the Westboro Baptist Church, but they actually have guns and they're not yeah. afraid to use them. Yeah. I, I mean, believe the Westboro Baptist Church have guns. They do. I, I don't know. I what. don't know. But don't okay. Know. Well, you know, like the crazy Christian don't people, like all? we saw at WonderCon. Yeah. Brandon, yes, remember yes, that, those yes. guys? Think those guys because they start the off like that, but then they go more and more radical, and they'll actually pull off military ops. The to book takes get place within a, within a span of fifteen years. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's 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 more of a. I didn't really I didn't know what to consider this book, but it really is like a science fiction book if you think about it. Um, and yeah. and just following following this young kid, man, and like seeing his mom and seeing what happens to her. Her so I mean, spoilers. Look. Yeah. His mom's death is one of the most heartbreaking and brutal things I've seen. Her in entire comics. life, like after after giving birth to Chris, is just all is terrible. Like she tries to kill herself multiple times. Yeah, like it's it sparks. Tell, uh, what do you think about this book, real quick? Uh, this book was not at all what I was anticipating. What What when, would you, you? What were you anticipating? Man, I don't know. Some weird, <laughs> like you know, trendy band you know, uh, kind of comic about touring and shit. And it starts off like, we're going to clone Jesus. And I'm like, oh man, this is not at all. Yeah. <laughs> this is not at all what I thought this was going to yeah, be. Um, yeah, I was, I was really, I was really interested in this. I thought it was executed really well, uh, pretty much at, at every point. Um, yeah, I, I really like the way that he, that Chris, forms his own ideas and turns against the idea of, of Christian religion specifically, but all religion in a sense. Um, and he has so many great lines and, and strong moments and the way that uh, the world is watching it all happen um, and how he twists that against them is, is so good. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. And I like the, all the characters are really interesting. I think the only thing that I, that got to me about it. And I mean, you know, it's fine. It's not like something I would change, but I, there's that part where Slate says, uh, I just don't understand where, where I went wrong. And it's like, dude, how, at a certain point you had to see how this was going to play out. Like at a yeah. certain point you had to see how you were turning him against you. 
was like, this before you or after? Have been oblivious. Uh, was this before or after he decided he might clone Muhammad next for better ratings? That was <laughs> this was before. He okay. Said this, he said this when when like they were headed to Jerusalem and everything, and he's like, I just I just don't know where I went wrong. I thought I did everything right, and it's like, dude, you obviously were like horribly mishandling. Like you had no good poker face with these people. Not at all. Yeah, and he he's like. He's just so maniacal. He was he was almost frustrating me because he was bad at being a bad guy. Yeah, sure. like he wasn't good at covering his motives at all. I really love Thomas in yeah. this. I think yeah. he's really great. It's kind of like when Cemetery. he fi- when he finally kills he's... and he's just like, "Tell me you're you're the second coming." Dude, it's so strong, yeah. especially after he finds out that uh, he so. This super quick. Uh, he was a child in Ireland, and his dad was working for the IRA, the the Irish uh, Irish Republican uh, I- Army. Thank you. Yes, uh, it's a, a radical terrorist group fighting uh, uh, Christian Protestants or whatever. Yeah. Um, in England, in mostly England. England. Yeah. Um. So, um, his dad uh, uh says locks him in a closet and says, "Hey, do not come out of this closet unless it's me, unless I say something." Right. And he gives him a gun. And after all the violence stops, someone's coming towards this door where Thomas is in, and he shoots it, and he shoots and kills his dad by accident. So his right. uncle takes him in saying, listen, I'm going to train you the way your father would want you to be trained. I'm going to turn you into the man you're going to be. And he turns him into an IRA killer. And he becomes like a mercenary. He becomes a terrible, terrible man. And it turns out his dad wasn't part of the IRA at all. So everything he was doing was for nothing. So at the right. end of this book, when he's murdered all these people and he's in front of the second coming of Christ, he's having like a crisis. Yeah. And he's like, that was are such you? a great twist. Yeah. Are you, are, you the, are you second coming of Christ? And he's like, dude, my mom's not Mary. I'm not. It's yeah. not me. And like he just goes nuts, like like it's so powerful. There's this great, there's this great like visual gag that I just got to bring up. It's my favorite bit in the whole book, yeah. where it's it's these two kids. Oh, it's, yeah. it's Rebecca, who's the daughter of Dr. Epstein, yes. the girl who cloned uh, Christ mm-hmm. and uh, Christ, looking at this like crude kind of kid drawing of Jesus walking on water, and then cut to I will admit that the programs have gotten more intense lately and it's just the flash flood <laughs> Noah's the Ark right? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like God's face is in the God's heavens and he's, like, in the he's like yelling and people are dying and it's freaking and Rebecca and, and the, Chris and out the, the, the Rebecca and Chris like ah I actually yeah, like was, how they call really I really like how they refer to Jesus in this book as Chris yeah they don't I it mean of like course Chris. they call him G- it's like oh it's Jesus Christ but they're like no this is Chris this is my son Chris yeah the only time that I ever thought wanted this book in color, and I told you guys this, the only time that I ever wanted this book in color was when they're talking about how um, they're they're talking about kind of what Michael Crichton was talking about in Jurassic Park, where uh, we can change his eye color, we can change his, like he like the doctor, the main guy, the main bad guy, he was like, I want slate, slate yeah. thank you, uh, blank for a second. He was like, he was talking about how he wanted. Christ to look, have blue eyes and look like the children's Bible version of Jesus which Christ. Which is a little white boy. <laughs> and which, is right. a white, which is a white guy. And so, and she was, a, and Dr. Epstein was like, he was Middle Eastern. That wouldn't make any sense. So I would have thought it would be a really, really powerful visual to have a Middle Eastern man with blue eyes. Yeah. I thought that would have looked really cool. That would have been cool, yeah. But otherwise, I think this book really works really well in black and white. Especially yeah. with, with his line work because you can see you can see every detail and like in the in the grimaces in their faces or the smiles. Like I, I said uh, to you guys earlier, uh, Slate, one of my favorite things about this book is when Slate smiles, he has this big shit-eating grin oh, that yeah. is so fake. You can see it's so fake. Like he's putting on a facade of like every time he's interviewing or talking to anyone, it's like, oh, he's just the worst. He's just the worst. He like, just wants money so bad. Like when Chris He's finally... just so bad at not being bad yeah like he sucks at being a bad guy not be bad. yeah he's like, so bad at it he's like uh he's like the bad the the manager in bolt 
who's like oh, yeah. terrible, <laughs> Never seen that movie. terrible at pretending like he he's not all about the business and cannot function on like a human emotional level. No, like the yeah. scene where Chris sits down with uh, Don Baker in the boiler room, the the, the news guy who's actually very in the middle. Yeah, he's, that's what I, li- I like all the interview stuff because it's not like it's Fox yeah. News or like or MSNBC. It's like a dude who's like, I want to get both sides. Yeah, and yeah. he's sitting there, and then this is when Chris is in high school, and they were talking about how Rick Slate was being a racist because um, Chris wanted to ask this um, African American girl out to the prom, yeah. but instead mm-hmm. Rick paid the high, pays like this really busty cheerleader to go out with them right. instead, and he. And that- and it's yeah. like, what's the truth? Did were you forced to go out with the white girl, or did you want to go out with uh, this girl named Taylor? And of course, Rick is staying right behind the interviewer, just glaring at him. And when the interview turns around, he gives that that shitty grin, which I just want to punch yeah, in the face. Dude, good. Sparks, yeah, that was saying? that was another moment where I was just like, how how do you not see how you did this? Like you could have you could have handled this so much better. I've, I I read that as as kind of when he's talking about that, I, I kind of read it as. He's trying to save face for Dr. Epstein. Like, oh, I just had the best. Like, when he was talking about, when he was like, when he was talking to Gwen, I was like, you know, before this stunt happened, I was, I was thinking about putting, putting Chris in a, in a public school and letting you guys go. But no, you are a prisoner and you forced my hand. You made me do this. Yeah. It's, oh, that's the classic. Like, you made me hit you. Like, oh, come on, dude. And so I kind of like saw it as like, he's talking like to Dr. Epstein. I was like, how, how did this get so far away from me? Yeah, I, th- I read it as that too. He's like, uh, yeah. like, oh, woe is me. It's not actually but my I mean, fault. Yeah. But I mean, even then, like, I, I read it that way. I'm not even saying I didn't even read it that way. I'm just saying, like, you are so bad. At, you could have been more convincing and gotten what you wanted. Yeah, yeah, he's a shitty bad guy. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so we haven't really talked about like the aspect of of it's called punk rock Jesus. So uh, well, you know yeah, it yeah. doesn't play a big uh, as big Until of a like role. Until like halfway, then you think. I, I it doesn't right. play as big of a role as I thought it would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I loved I loved when he comes out to host the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, he dude. has that he has that speech and he's the look and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Am I not what you expected? Yeah, dude. Like yeah. it's so good. And that's the thing is it's playing off the case like. You made me to be what you wanted me to be. Yeah, dude. You don't know how, like, even like there's like when it's like he's like helping poor people. And it's like, isn't that what Jesus did? Yeah. Like yeah. when he gets yeah, the yeah. Nobel Prize, it's like, oh, that's a slap in the face. But so we were talking about what we were expecting in this book earlier, mm-hmm. Ryan. When you because I remember seeing this book on the shelves back when it came out in 2011. And yeah, nobody first, bought it but me. <laughs> And my first thought was... You're the was, only person in the whole nation. In the whole nation. I mean, I'm not a fan, a, yeah, a huge fan of punk rock. There are some really good punk rock songs I really like. Oh, do you like the Flak Jackets? They, they talk about it as if it's extinct. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, well, that was it, interesting. Yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. But I see a title called Punk Rock Jesus, and I'm thinking it's like, oh, this guy must be the Jesus of punk rock. He brought punk rock back from the dead or something. Oh, okay, it's like a music book. Yeah, well, see, it was, I, it was like a music book. Yeah. I always knew that it was about a second coming of Christ, but I didn't know it was about a clone of Christ. Neither did I. A- and, I was, and even when I, was reading the, when I was reading the first book at like four in the morning, I'm thinking, okay, so this is him being born, but when is he going to get punk? When is he going to get punk? But the cool thing about this book is that I kept going back to keep reading the issue, and then when we finally got Jesus as a punk, Good cliffhangers. I was like, no, I okay, now I get it. He is the, the lead singer of a punk band, and it just wait, went. But ha- wait, we got to talk about how he becomes the lead singer of the punk band, because oh, it's amazing. I, I, oh, yes. You recited it better, so you can just okay. do it. Okay, so... Um, the flat it's in, jackets. Yeah, the flat jackets are playing at a club in the uh, in a flooded side of New York. Quote unquote, the last, the last, uh, the last, last punk band alive. The last punk band alive, and they're like, 
and um, Rabbit, their guitarist, is like, "Hey, so our lead singer, we don't have him anymore because he went to he he's not very being punk is a very Christian." They're like going boo boo whatever, and they're like, "Hey, so let the audition process begin." Open let's auditions. Just, let's just let's just don't uh, let's hope that these guys don't go off to find Jesus. And Chris, Jesus goes up and says. Oh, you mean Jesus Christ? He takes all of a sudden and says, I fucking hate that guy. So good. Yeah. And it's him it's with so his shaved good. haircut. And I'm just like, oh, you are the best. Yeah, dude, that's a good. Every every uh, every issue ending is just like, man, I just want to read the next issue. It's so good. I didn't even have issue because this this doesn't read like a, like a comic book. That's comic book chapters. Yeah. There's no like covers to break up the chapters. Oh, yeah, the, the, the deluxe hardcover <laughs> it one. It just reads as, as a, one big book. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, I, right? I thought that was I thought that was really cool. Um, oh, dude! All the supplemental art in the deluxe version. There's 100 pages of extra art. Plus, there's layouts for every single page. Uh, ha- like it's it's like the uh, it's my favorite art cover besides uh, Court of Owls. It's yeah. It's this was really good. I'm glad you I'm glad you made us do this. Yeah, this yeah, was this yeah. was really good. I'm I glad. think one of my my favorite lines was uh, where he was talking about if I'm if I'm the product of anything, it's of America's entertainment complex. That's oh. such a good oh. line. The, the scary, so the scary thing about this book, especially with like the NAC and, and um, like the enter- and the whole problem with the entertainment industry and sh- stuff like that, it's kind of true now, and it's a little terrifying. Um, there's, so talk, with the IRA stuff and his uncle, like his IRA evil uncle. Oh uh, yeah, that guy. There, he's like, I'm gonna train you to be like, I'm like, what do you want to do? And there's this, and there's an image of little Thomas saying, I want to be just like my dad. And then it's a, and it flashes to the next panel where he's a grown man, and he looks like, he looks like he's like a war torn like Frank Castle, and like it's just a that, little boy and actually, who he becomes. I, I, I'm. I'm reminded why that's so sad now. Yeah. That at the end, because he didn't become yeah. like his dad. He exactly. The exact opposite. It's, yeah. It's, it's it's such a good book, and it's it is very uh very re- religious. But like, the thing about religion is like, I'm 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 an atheist. Like, but I love that people have religion. That's totally fine. Um, it's when people like force it down your throat and stuff like that. Like yeah. for anything. Like, hey, watch this Netflix show. You better watch it or I hate you. Like, no matter what it is, don't force things down people's throat. Uh. Religion is read punk Lord Jesus or we'll kill you. Please, yes, five stars. <laughs> or you're going to, or you're going to burn in um, or whatever. This is it's it's a. I'm surprised this book wasn't as controversial as it was, but I think it's so good. Like it kind of it, it's you know. It's, it also wasn't as wide. Definitely not. Yeah, so no, I no. think it probably like today if it came out it today, was, it would probably be more controversial. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. One of the things I actually do like about um like Chris's character because there's one of my favorite parts of this of this book or this this the polar series. bears. Bef- I love the polar bears. Besides cola. the polar bear, Co- Coke and Coca Cola. Yeah. Uh, Coke, Coke and Cola. That's yeah. like God. It. Cola. Rest in peace, girl. Yeah, girl. But the scene when um Chris uh, after his mom passes away, which again brutal as all hell. Yeah, dude. He's talking Crunched. to, he's talking to Doctor Epstein, and he's like, "Can you loan me some of your books? I am tired of reading the Bible." First thing she says try Darwin. Yeah. Freaking yeah. Charles mother effing Darwin. Yeah, the little montage of him like becoming the punk rock man that he's yeah. going to become. And then of course they fu- and of course then uh um Slate finds all of his uh his vinyl and his punk music and he's like, "What's that? The Flatjacks?" He's like, "Yeah, they're like one of the last punk bands alive." Oh, we're definitely throwing this. I'm like, "Why are you throwing away his music, man?" I actually I actually so I like that montage a lot, but actually one of the things I really didn't like about it was actually what Ben likes about it. Yeah. I really didn't like the try Darwin thing. Yeah. I felt that was a little on the, on, nose. on the nose, For the the book doesn't read on the nose. I what get, I like, I I like what I like about it is that it's it's giving its message, it's telling you what it is, but it's never beating you over the head with it. That tried Darwin moment is the only time that I felt like, oh, you're just gonna beat this over my head. I didn't I didn't feel that because I felt like that spoke more to Epstein's character because she's like when she 
Nikki has the opportunity. She's like, oh, I'm going to point you in the direction of science. I'm going to point you in the direction of, of what I felt you should have been learning all along. Yeah, because right, yeah, but, yeah. but if, 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 if it had felt out of character to her, sure. then I would probably feel more the way you did. It, it, like, it does feel in character to an extent, but if I'm going to be like, oh, try science, I'm not going to, Darwin's not going to be my first well, I, I think it, someone... I think it would because it's 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 evolution and it's ca- it's literally the counter You're, of what he's being taught. Mm-hmm. Exactly, like she's trying to drive him right to the thing that's like this opposes everything that you've been told. Like mm-hmm. like assuming that he's never heard of evolution. You Why know? not go to the guy who literally like she's driving yeah. him right to it. It made sense for her character. It mm-hmm. didn't. It, that didn't feel like like uh, hitting it too hard on the head for me. And true, then during true. the holographic classes where it's like, hey, here's Galileo where, who was placed on a house arrest because Carl Sagan. Yeah. he was like, hey, because the, the church said, no, Earth is the center of the universe, you're wrong. And then, of course, Chris, who, of course, is supposed to be Jesus, is like, man, that's messed up. Yeah. And then they talk <laughs> about uh, Sagan, and he's like, Sagan was awesome. Carl Sagan rocks. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, just like uh, um, uh, the Lord Himself, Jesus Christ, uh, Chris goes down in a helicopter crash <laughs> after uh, an old white woman shoots a rocket launcher. At him. And of course there so was, sad. and of course there was the rotors were in a cross. Yep. We never yep. we never talked about Rebecca. Yeah, oh. I was gonna say I was gonna say I read all of this in like one go. Yeah, and I knew when the first issue had that moment with the sister that it was gonna come up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I got so caught up in everything else, I totally forgot about it. So yeah, when Rebecca dude. did come up as the twin, I was like, oh, that's right. I was waiting for that to come up. You know what? That's that's good. I should have thought about that. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. Yeah. I completely forgot because um, we got to that scene and I'm thinking that's going to come up eventually. And excuse me, I didn't really connect the dots when uh, Epstein says, hey, I'm pregnant too. I right. was actually kind of hoping that um, Rebecca and Chris would maybe have a thing. But then it was like, oh, they're brother and sister. I'm like, never mind. Yeah. That's better. I, I, had a, I had two things I thought. I thought that maybe she had cloned the kid, uh, the 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 twin, and put her and implanted herself okay. with it. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. Before, sorry. So before, real quick. Uh, so when when uh, Gwen had Chris, they they secretly had a twin that nobody else knew about. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Slate said, "Hey, oh, I'll, don't worry. I'll take care of the baby. I'll give it to a, a foster care." Little does everyone else know, he drugs it and throws it into the ocean. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. <laughs> don't, you mean Jess, don't you mean Jesse Christ? Oh, uh, you're right. <laughs> Come on, Chris. Uh, so, yeah, thank God Epstein was there to save her. And then, oh, she happens to be pregnant. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was hoping that would come up. And uh, and the whole conversation at the end about how, you know, when she was tossed in, she should have been dead. It's yeah. almost Rebecca like a miracle. Died. And, and that it's kind of its own miracle. I love that little, like, uh, but not confirming anything, but just being like, who knows? Yeah, especially because they say, like, Chris was, like, they're talking about his DNA where it's like, the DNA was days old, not 2,000 yeah. years old. I'm just convinced it's yeah. probably Slate. He's just like, yeah, I'll just fucking pee on this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. It yeah. doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was actually kind of hoping it was maybe Thomas, but I highly doubt, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I, but nah. one of the things I love about Thomas is that we also, we I get. I love how he kills Slate. That oh, too. Oh, my God. What that a too. finale. I love, I love that that's the end of the book. The end. Yeah. <laughs> um. I love the interaction he has with Gwen, the interaction he has with Dr. Epstein. The like when uh, Chris and Rebe- Rebecca hug him and Rebecca says I love you like oh, he, yeah. like he was their father figure. Yeah. Like he was like the Joseph to Gwen's Mary. Yeah. But oh, oh was, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. And it was just mm-hmm. so powerful and the way that like and then of course when he find by the way, side note, absolutely love his motorcycle. Yeah, dude. Um the when he like take when he like 
breaks into Rick's car, rips him out, and just smashes wait, his wait, head. Wait, wait, I'll put you in my next TV show. And just smashes his head up against a truck and just says, the end. He just, like, he, no, he doesn't smash his head into a truck. He just, he's, dragging he's dragging him. Yeah, he's him. dragging him. He throws him under a truck. Yeah. Oh, that was, that such, was so good. It, it was. And oh my and he God. knows the moment he sees him, he knows he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then so co- the the balls on Rick. He's like, hey, let's clone Muhammad. And I'm like, dude, you yeah, deserve like, to die at like, this point. Yeah, let's just wait for this to die down. And, but I mean, that's that's the entertainment industry. Up until like recently. It's like a reboot, right? Well, the, up until recently, what's, if someone did something bad, we would have forgotten about it and, and some, they'd come out with something else. Yeah. Uh, nowadays, if you do something bad, Kind of, we think your career's over. We're not too sure about the. We'll find ones. out in a couple years. Right? We'll find yeah. out. But like, is that kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, well it'll blow over and I'll just do it again. Yeah. Not so, not with Muhammad. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that was that right. was great. Um, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, one oh. last thing. Uh, one character aspect of Thomas where you like is his tattoos. Uh, the cemetery. He, he yeah yeah uh, he uh, did some car bombings and he accidentally got a little girl killed and that's one of the things he's trying to re- be redeemed for. Uh, again, he did it for the wrong reasons. So you're not going to be redeemed, my dude. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just like, it's, it's such a, like when you just see this dude, he's supposed to be seven foot five, 275 pounds. And he's got like 13. I thought they said six, five, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven, six, seven. It, huge boy. Uh, he's got this, he's covered in tattoos. Uh, he's got a, he's, he used to have a cool mohawk like Chris did. Uh, and I just like, he's my favorite character in this cause he's, his entire life has just been a shit show. And like, he's, he, it's a bummer cause he, he gets redemption, but like, he's gotta be, he's gotta be the killer. That he doesn't want to be. Yeah, that's that's rough. That's so rough. It's kind of like a reverse yeah. uh, Maroni Kenshin thing right there, oh. where he to protect people he actually has to kill them. Yeah, yeah. Like that when was. they were like when they're in Jerusalem. Oh my God, that Jerusalem scene broke my heart with Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Cool. The and concerts if, are cool. Uh, you know what? I don't know if I can't think of a favorite character for this book because it, it's um it's Thomas, then it's Doctor Epstein, and then it's um Gwen trying to redeem it's herself. It's Cola. And then it, yeah, it's cola. It's cola. Yeah, it's a polar bear. Um, and then of course Chris, he has some good, he has some good thoughts. But at the same time, he actually becomes, he becomes a Sith Lord essentially. He becomes the very thing he swore to destroy. Yeah. Like where when he's talking with Thomas, he's, he's on the bar- bar- Yeah, where he's hill. talking to Thomas, where where, he, where he's like, Thomas, do you believe I'm the second coming of Jesus? He's like, yes. Well, this is religion is blind ideology. And then Thomas looks at him and says, no, what you're doing, trying to wipe out all religion, is also the same thing. It, yeah. You're just as bad as they are. Uh, well, but, actually, one of the things I liked about about that bit is like he he's even talking about not all people who believe in religion are like that, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, but there's enough. Yeah, but he's also you got to remember he's like 15. Yeah, yeah, and like I remember trying to be 15 and have all those hormones. Imagine being the son of God. Also, <laughs> it's probably got to be stressful. Yeah, <laughs> okay. when I was in 15, I did dealt with a lot of absolutes as well. Is that your but final thoughts? Or? Final thoughts is that this book is amazing. If you are one of those, <laughs> as the this is what the book says. This is not me saying, uh, fat middle aged Midwestern how Christian housewives. For the love of all that is holy, not do not demo. pick this up. You're not gonna want to burn this. Yeah. But f- as if a, you're listening to the show, we didn't mean to upset you. No, no, we if didn't. You're a forty year old like housewife named like Susan in Montana. Please let us know, because <laughs> that's a weird demographic. How did you how did you find us? And also tell me where in Montana, because my mom's from Montana. Hey. Um, <laughs> This book, as a story in itself, religious religious, <laughs> religious tones aside, is a great story. Yeah. It is beautifully drawn. This is comic book art at one of its finest. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just take away the Jesus, but just take away the Jesus stuff. Just like read a story for a story, mm-hmm. and it's really damn good. Or, or Barks, keep it. final thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we we pretty much covered everything really well. I I, I really enjoyed this. It was a big surprise. I. I thought it was really really well done i had a good time with it 
I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yay. All right. Well, next week uh, is my book club. Ooh. And I've chosen, because we had the interview, uh, I have chosen. Let me reach down and grab it. Oh, my God. I'm He's away from the microphone. There it is. There we go. Oh, is that is that who I think it is? I oh. have chosen, because oh. of the interview, oh. Star Trek The Next Generation, <laughs> Mirror Broken. Oh. Six issue miniseries written by. Six issue? Yeah, six issue miniseries. Six issue miniseries. Six issue miniseries. <laughs> yeah, it is sexy, right? <laughs> Written by <laughs> Scott and Dave Tipton. Yeah, Tipton's. Uh, drawn by J.K. Woodward. Um, it's the story of the Mirror Universe uh, Next Generation cast, uh, we, which we never got in the, uh, in the Next the Generation show. show. Uh, so... Definitely check that one out. Picture, picture this, folks. Uh, imagine uh, Jean-Luc Picard. But sexy. But with a goatee and friggin' rip, dog. Whoa. And friggin' whoa. rip, Are dog. Are you saying Jean-Luc Picard is not already sexy? No, I mean, like, it goes no, beyond. Uh, no, but uh, here's the thing. I actually wanted to touch on that because uh, J.K. Woodward, when we talked about other conventions, said if you actually watch The Next Generation and even First Contact, mm-hmm. Picard is ripped. Yeah. He's always been ripped. That's, yeah. I gotta watch, I'll gotta. i keep up for that in my next viewing. Yeah. All right. That'll do it then for this week. Uh, thank you, everyone, to li- who listens. Uh, next week, we don't know what we're going to be doing, uh, but stay tuned for that. We'll Does Rampage out. come out next week? Yes. Well, like, yeah. If Rampage is good, we might talk about it. If not, we'll probably talk about DC Metal. <laughs> or we have got a couple of things oh, we yeah. want to talk about, so True. we'll figure it out later. Yes. So next week, stay tuned for that. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to Jeremy Vellucci for doing our theme music and collaborating with us. Uh, we always appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You can check out him at JV Jabberwock on Instagram. Uh, you can find his show, Suburban Proctologist, at facebook.com slash Official Instagram at Podcast. Very funny show. If you have not listened to it, please check it out. Thank you to Louis Barreto, who's our logo slash icon. Uh, you can find him at lens for eyes on Instagram. Uh, if you'd like to get involved with us, you can find us at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast. Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with us personally. I am at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? Ben Maggot 27 for Instagram and Twitter. Ryan? I'm at Punk Rock Jesus. Sorry, I'm just looking <laughs> at this beautiful, beautiful Punk Rock Jesus book. I'm at DJ Tony Snark at everything. Sparks? Uh, I'm Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, wherever podcasts to listen to. Rate and review wherever you get us. Uh, nothing helps more than an iTunes review, so please, please, please. Please, please, please. please. Uh, sorry, let sorry, us know sorry, if you're sorry. listening. Let us know if you're out there. We're not just yelling at the internet like we constantly say we are. <laughs> Yells. Until Yell. next week, guys, stay fake nerds. 